And we're live. We should be live. Let's make sure we're live. It says we're live. Is it showing up on the Facebook? It is, it is, it is. How are y'all doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, better now. You guys ready? All ready right. as I will ever be. I am Let's ready go. to go. We are we are live. So show your beautiful faces, gentlemen. There's my boy Nick. There's Cameron. Deontay oh. will be joining us in a short while. He had to do some busy stuff, you know. But yeah, so this is Nick Lukacic, you know, the king. He's the fellow movie buff here. I have the best movie opinions here, honestly. We'll see yeah. about that. Uh, I mean, it's it is my show. I mean, the JFP. I mean, so obviously, <laughs> I, I might be having the best if I have the show. But okay, then we got okay. Well, but between me and Nick, then yeah. I'm not going to argue with you on your show. Yeah, I'm the father. So, uh, this is Cameron Rhodes. How are we doing tonight? He's a cool guy. Yeah, fellow fellow nerd, fellow movie buff. So fellow definitely. nerd. And then Deontay, you will be seeing in a little bit. He's a beautiful man coming in. Uh-huh. We'll talk about Spider-Man and all that stuff. All that good stuff. So, uh... See in the comments. Oh, it's just stream element. No comments yet. Got one person watching. Nice. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about. Well, first, oh, I forgot. I'm terrible at marketing. I got to self promote. Uh, actually, no, I'm gonna do that in the middle of the podcast. Actually, where more people are watching. Why would I do that at the beginning? So we're going to talk about the movie that I only I have seen out of this whole group. So only <laughs> called the Boogeyman. Wow, Boogeyman, Boogeyman. I have read a lot about it. I actually read the short story uh, whenever the movie was first announced, and I personally really like the short story, and I am excited to see the movie at some point. But I've read like a good amount about like the movie and everything I've heard about it. It's been really good. It's been really good feedback. Yeah, so I'll get into that. I've seen some poor reviews of it, and I don't, I don't, because I'm in the movie realm, and I don't, I don't quite agree with the poor reviews of it. It's really good. It's not great. Uh, the the basically, I'll just give y'all a synopsis. Uh, I mean, it's the boogeyman. I mean, if you're a little kid, you've grown up hearing about the boogeyman. It's basically similar to that. He hides in the closet, hides in the dark, you know, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, he uh, he killed, but he kills kids in this one. It's more brutal, but yeah. And uh, it's about a family. 
grieving the loss of their mother and their uh, dad's a counselor. And this guy comes in and he kind of, he's uh, kind of a weird guy and he uh, kind of brings something with him. That's what I'll say. And then scary stuff starts happening, man. I will say that this is, it's effectively creepy. It's got good lighting. Uh, I will say it falls apart in the third act, sadly. Um, the first two acts are great. Uh, great scares. It keeps the boogeyman hid. You don't see the monster until the third act in full light. And when you do see the monster in full light, the design is not great. It's very CGI heavy. And uh, you can tell that they're just fighting a green screen monster. So that's not good. But the actor... Chris Messina, he's in. He's in been in a lot of movies. He's recently in Air this year. He's the dad, and he's actually really good. Mm-hmm. And he's he plays a great, I guess, grieving dad. And then we got, I don't know who plays the daughter, but she's really good. And then we got the, we got the little sister who's actually played Princess Leia in the Obi Wan show. And. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, she's like, actually. I think that's like probably like the only person I would not recognize from from the movie. Yeah. I don't know she who is else a, is in it. She is a great child actress, especially in this movie. She shows her chops. Like there's some good levity with her, and that's what I want to get into. The guy that directed it, Rob Savage, is uh. He directed Dash Cam and uh, Host before this, and Host was a big pandemic movie that went big during the pandemic about like. It's all shot through MacBook cams, basically. One of those type, found footage type movies he did. And it's written by the guys that did uh, wrote Quiet Place or helped write Quiet Place. And uh, based off the Stephen King short, which Nick, what is, I mean, what's the short about? Is it similar to, is it about like a family that lost their mom and then the dad's a counselor or is it different or like, Give us a rundown of the story. So, like, I'm trying to remember, and, like, so from what I remember, it's pretty similar because most Stephen King books and short stories deal with, like, those elements. You know, it's a family, and they lost someone, and there's some aspect of grief. I would say the short story, like, the core elements are pretty similar to the movie, but they did, like, have to stretch on some stuff because, uh, because, because it is a short story. So they had to like add some elements in the movie, but on a scale of one to ten, with ten being like a clone copy of the of the short story, I would say the movie is probably like a five or a six. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, like I said, I really don't have much to say about it. It's it's. I don't want to call it horror movie of the week because it's better than that, but I don't think it'll be one that'll be remembered. It's not, it's not by no means a classic. It's just a really good, solid B. I'd give it a B plus. That was my grade. Uh, just a solid B plus. Really good horror movie with good scares. Some actually great performances. And uh, yeah, there's one scene I want to talk about since we are since we can kind of get into a little bit. I don't really want to spoil this one. We can get spoilers, of course, of across the Spider-Verse, but this, I'll just say, there's one scene where the little girl has a ball that glows, 
and there's a shot where she rolls it under the bed and the camera flips and it is uh it's a great shot yeah but uh, uh other than that i mean it was pretty run of the mill and it kind of reminded me some of the characters were reminded me of like 90s horror movie characters like some of the teenagers in the movie were very like mean girls type and it was just like okay but uh Overall, I mean, I, I, if you're looking for like a good like date movie, I guess, or like if you're into if you're really big into horror, you want to take a girl on a date or a guy on a date. Uh, it's it's that because it has it has good scares throughout. It's and it's it's in and out. It's quick. It's a quick movie. It goes by very fast. The pacing's really good on it. I will give it that. And uh, yeah, so I'd recommend it. Check out the Boogeyman. That is a Jacob's Film Perspectives recommendation. Mm. But yeah, and oh my gosh, I completely forgot. We have a nice little intro for me here. So let's just do this real quick. You guys ready for this epicness? I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't think you are. I'm ready. Thank you to Will for that. Great introduction. I feel, I feel, I mean, I feel official now that I have my own intro. And I mean, if you, if you didn't see all the face, if we didn't have all these beautiful faces up here, you could see my logo is the background. And a shout out to Lindsay McLaughlin, graphic design artist, goes to SEMO. Shout out to her. She's the one that created those designs for me. And, uh, yeah, so I'll give her a shout out. And uh, if you need graphic design work, go to her. And yeah, so let's let's get into Nick's segment about similar Stephen King stuff. Since we're on the topic of Stephen King, right? What do you right. got? What do you got for us, Nick? Well, first off, one one aspect of Stephen King, my personal opinion is Stephen King does not write good novels. But he writes good short stories. Every Stephen King short story I've read is amazing. His novels, they're not bad, but they're overhyped, in my opinion. They're overhyped. Like Pet Cemetery, it and you know good like like those novels are good, but they're not the best thing ever. I feel like they're overhyped. But the problem is the movies based on the novels are better than the movies based on the short stories. But I guess similar Stephen King movies, you know, one thing you said was it was very 90s inspired. And I and looking back, I feel like the 90s are probably like like the cream of the crop for like Stephen King movies and miniseries. Because that's when the that's when the it miniseries came out. And one fundamental like Stephen King movies and stories is this whole, you know, teenage like, you know, die like dynamic you no know, cliches and stuff like that you know you have like the bullies you have like the mean girls but you also have like this small group of friends i would say some stephen king movies that are very similar to this one in my opinion would be uh the it miniseries from the 90s uh stand by me 
and the one werewolf one, I forget the name of it. It came out in the 80s, I think. Silver so those, yeah, that one, that, that one. I would say those three, in my opinion, are the most similar to the Boogeyman, not in terms of just like overall like scariness, but it has some of the basic Stephen King fundamentals. Okay, okay. And like Ben Stewart here says, 90s movies saving Stephen King. That's oh, no, a, they that's, did. That's they did. Okay, Ben. Because one I mean, thing is, one thing, you know, The Shining movie, it's a good movie, but the thing is Stephen King hated that movie. He hated it with a passion. But, <laughs> but The Shining miniseries, which I believe came out in the 90s or early 2000s. 97. That, 97, yes. That was more accurate to the book. And I actually watched it a year ago. I will say, I do think it's better than the movie. I feel like Stanley Kubrick took the book and basically butchered it in some aspect. He was trying to make it more of a, like, not like a ghost story, per se. He was trying to add, like, you know, oh, this guy's crazy. He, You know, this guy is a former alcoholic. This is why this stuff is happening. But the 90s really did save Stephen King because, like, a ton of stuff came out that year for him. A ton of stuff. Like, a ton of miniseries and a ton of movies. And it's one of those things, Stephen King will always be a household name. But when it comes to movies and miniseries, the 90s are the cream of the crop for Stephen King. I'll agree with that. I mean, we already talked about it on the last episode. The It miniseries is one of my favorite horror films of all time. So, I mean, that and he had Shawshank Redemption. I mean, that takes the cake. That's by far, I don't think you can argue that that's not his best film adaptation ever. Well, actually. Oh, what do you have, Nick? Here comes Nick. Nick already has the hot takes about The Shining. Oh, boy. The best Stephen King adaptation is Maximum Overdrive. Okay, you're you're just trolling now, right? You're not getting trolling. Really. It's a good movie. I like it. I like it. Never you're even, not, you're no, never, never even heard but, of it. Honestly, though, I think the best Stephen King adaptation, in my opinion, is Carrie. Carrie is the best Stephen King adaptation, in my opinion. I would put Shake in my top five, maybe even the top three. But Carrie and Cujo and The Dead Zone are my three favorite Stephen King adaptations. So you said Carrie, The Dead Zone, and what? Cujo. 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 Cujo, are you kidding me? Cujo's such a good movie. All right. For me, as the godfather here of movies, that's that's going to be the new name. We're going to make a shirt. It says Jacob, godfather of movies. But anyway, Shawshank Redemption is the best Stephen King adaptation ever made. It's one. It's the greatest film ever made, in my opinion. It's not my third favorite film of all time. I will go out on a limb. I will cut all my limbs off. I'll do anything for that movie. And then uh, after that, The Shining, Stanley Kubrick, man. I don't know how you can think that 1997 miniseries is better than Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. That is the second greatest horror film ever made. Right behind Halloween. Halloween's the greatest. The Shining. I second. agree. Mm -hmm. Deontay coming in hot. Yeah. Save me. <laughs> Save me with these. Man, you save you, save me. I'm I'm just here in quiet and isolation. I have no idea what they're talking about. What? Not, not a single um 
Stephen King movie? I, I never really watched a lot of Stephen. I've never really watched. You know, I don't like horror, so I didn't yeah. really watch anything like by Stephen King growing up. Man, I know. Yeah. I know. I was sheltered. I was. I was. I was secluded. I was just a very, very weird child. Me too, man. Me too. I mean, I was a weird kid, but like in the horror yeah. sense, where I was. I was like watching. I was watching the horror films, and like I shouldn't have been. I mean, I, I watched Halloween way too young, but you know that's yeah. Builds character. Builds character, man. Halloween the original. It's not been like that bad compared to like other horror movies or even like future Halloween movies. You know. Yeah. It's very, it's very tame when you go back it, to it. Like even Halloween two, which is more graphic than the first one, is pretty tame. Compared to other horror movies, yeah, and, like, and that was like one major criticism of Halloween too. Like everyone said it was too graphic, but like in all reality, it's just like a few throat slits here and there, and that's it, really. What What's funny about the Halloween is Halloween came out, and Friday the Thirteenth they ripped off Halloween to Friday the Thirteenth, and then Halloween Two was made to be more like Friday the Thirteenth. So it's like, yeah. It's it, it was a weird series of events there. John Carpenter blew the walls off with Halloween, and then the Friday the I forgot who made Friday the Thirteenth, but the writers of that, I mean, they've come out and said that they wanted to rip off Halloween with making that movie. Which, when you watch Friday the Thirteenth, it's not that very similar besides the teenager aspect. Right. But, uh, and then because of the success of those movies, when they made Halloween, by the time they came back around to Halloween 2, they basically forced John Carpenter to make it more like Friday the 13th. And he's even gone on record saying he wished he never made that film. That he just, he wished he never made it. And I completely agree. Halloween 2 is not a good movie. Yeah. I like Halloween 2, okay, hot take, hot take. Uh-oh. Halloween 2 is the best Halloween movie out there. In my opinion, it goes Halloween, <laughs> Halloween one. I would say the like the remake from a couple of years ago, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. They're terrible. Yeah. Them. Oh, they're, they're just they're just so bad. But Halloween two, it's so good. So. I, I love the zombie. I love the Rob Zombie uh, Halloweens. I can't speak because I can't speak too much because I I've only ever seen the original vaguely, but. You're gonna say that Halloween two is better than the newest, like the newer movies that came out, like what last five, four years? Where yeah, I, will. I will invigorate. Wow. Yeah. So like Man. the first, so like the remakes, those three. The first one was really good. The second one was decent, and the last one that came out was just terrible. That one was terrible, but but I would say it goes Halloween two, then the first Halloween movie. Than the remake of Halloween, because the other ones in that trilogy, it like, like the second one was okay, but then the l final one that came out like a year or two ago, Halloween Kills or Halloween Ends, that one was just terrible in my opinion. What yeah, uh, real quick, uh, we're gonna give a shout out to Ben Stewart and Mac, aka your boy, and the DFPN family. Thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, and, got... and your brother, the Emperor King Will. Emperor King Will is also in the comment section. So shout out to all you guys. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, and also, as far as Stephen King movies go, real quick, uh, it is actually like my top five. Uh, but the, oh, the OG which, series. 
which yeah. is the original or the the the, the, the OG. 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 Like Tim Curry, Tim Curry, Pennywise. Yeah, I had to ask. Yeah, not and, uh, uh, Bill Skarsgård, but Tim Curry. I want to say right here the DFPN. They're right here with this comment. Let me show it. Let me show it. Shawshank is yeah. goaded. Yes, it is. They're completely right on that Greatest one. Greatest of all time, did. Yes, it sir. It is. Facts. It's. it's I just one of my favorites as well. What? How Nick? See, this is why I like having Nick on the show because he <laughs> has the weirdest, the weirdest takes. Because he he just said that the 1997 TV miniseries The Shining is better than Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece The Shining. He also said in the same breath that Halloween Two is better than the original Halloween. It is, bro. It is. I mean, he, man. He also said we're not we're not even finished. He also said. Cujo and Carrie and Maximum Overdrive are all better adaptations than Ooh. Silver Bullet, like Silver Bullet, the It miniseries, Shawshank, the Green Mile. I never Green said that. Mile. I said I said Cujo and Carrie and the Dead Zone are the best Stephen King adaptations of all time. That's what I said. That's what I said. Cujo was very uh, a very traumatic experience for me, uh, especially because oh, I had friends with Saint Bernard. So it just like, yeah, if I had watched <laughs> Cujo, I would have been afraid of dogs. Mostly. Yeah, I watched Cujo at I, I watched Cujo around the same time I got done watching the Beethoven series, yeah. and that just that just oh. messed me up, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh God, the complete opposite. You have this dog that everyone loves, like makes a mess, and then you have this other dog who just slaughters everyone. Just Lord, no. Mac yeah. is definitely right here. Misery is also a top five Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, absolutely. Misery. Misery is definitely my top five. My top. I, five. I, like I said, I can't. I can't speak. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's horror movies galore, Cameron. You got to get in on it. One day, I mean, it's, I just I was never big into horror. Like, I mean, I will watch it if, like if like I'm on a date or like friends want to, but me personally, no. Like, no offense, but yeah, no, it's not my jam. Come on, Cameron, you got to get into it. I'm, mm. One day, one day, if if I <laughs> if someone like pays me like, hey, watch these movies, like, okay, sure, like, gotta be like good money though. And that, that's a real job too. Like, you can get paid to watch movies for companies. Mm -hmm. So it's just, and I still haven't put in the application yet. So, dude, send the application my way. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm trying to get with Jacob's film perspectives. You know, I'm trying to get trying to get some moolah for watching these money, these movies. I can't even talk. These Take facts. to make money, young man. It, yeah, yeah, and you and like podcasts like this could give people uh, what you gonna call it, red carpet premieres. So like a lot of mm -hmm. content oh, yeah. creators are getting called to the red carpet. Not, not, not just podcasts reactors because uh, a lot of reactors on you like or on youtube a lot they're they get called they're able to like go to like premieres and like red carpets like like actually meet people yeah it, i got uh there's a guy that may be coming to saturday night nerds soon uh he got invited to a couple of marvel's latest uh premieres and it's just like he's been famous for all of six months not even famous famous he just like viral internet famous. Is this but, something I know of, or something you're gonna tell me later? Yeah, it's 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 a surprise on the way. 
it's I'll, a surprise. Mm-hmm. You may not have to talk later, but yeah. uh, but we can save that for later. They want. Uh, we they, the, need, they need Jacob on the red carpet. Absolutely. I'll show up in a suit and tie. To watch an actual suit and tie, not not a T-shirt that has a suit and tie on it. <laughs> no, I'll show up in an actual suit and tie with my hair slicked back like Patrick Bateman, and we will watch. We will watch any movie. Just invite. Oh me yeah, yes. Uh, uh, two there. of the guys that I was hinting to, it, yeah, it's two of them. So, and surprisingly, both of them are huge One Piece fans. So, uh, that that's a that's a hint to who they are. Okay, you're but, gonna, uh, you and I are gonna have words after this. Like, so I, <laughs> I'm left in the dark, but uh, let's move so on. Like, uh, <laughs> back to the Stephen King stuff. Let's see, Nick. What else did you have? Did you have anything else for your segment here? That was mainly it. Um, I guess the final thing I could say is the, your short, takes. the short story, <laughs> The Man, comes from the Stephen King collection, Night Shift, which is one mm. of his best collection of short stories. So if anyone wants to read that, I do it. It, it. It's so good. That and Skeleton Crew have to be my favorite works by him. Skeleton Crew was nice. It was have so, so out. I have mm. not read Stephen King. I'll have to check those out for sure. Again, again, just remember with Stephen King, his books are not that good, but his short stories are amazing. Yeah, the short stories are good. Um, I, I'm obsessed with everything it, it related. I, I, as far as the reboot goes, that's probably the one thing I'm like on the fence about. But like the the TV series from the '90s and um. In, in the books, I I, I, lo- I loved it. Stephen King was genius for that. I cannot talk about the about the about the reboot, the remake of it again. I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't. I can't, I, I can't do that again. I don't want to hear it again. Yeah, <laughs> I had to break you two up last episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to hear that again. The miniseries will always reign free and supreme, and that's that's. <laughs> and that's just end it there. Let's move on. Hmm. But yeah, uh, so Boogeyman. that's what you had for the boogeyman segment, Nick. Yep. Is so you, so you basically just had a bunch of hot takes to make Jacob mad, is what it seemed like. No, 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 <laughs> no, I did not. No, I did not. Then but, good, good, good. Carry on. I would say basically, I would say this segment is half, you know, information about similar movies are like you know like short stories or books and all that and i guess you know it, i i guess it is safe to say the other half is my hot my hot takes about the about those related movies if you will that is midnight meat train is a good movie that yeah, yeah it is and that the is mist, a classic yeah. The mist oh, is, the mist was so the, good. The mist is easily like uh, easily a top ten Stephen King movie of all time. Easily, I not disagree. top five, but top ten. I disagree. Another about experience. Mist being great, I feel like the mist was amazing until it wasn't. I feel like because Frank Darabont directed that. I mean, he did Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile, so I mean, he did two of the best Stephen King adaptations already. And uh, with the mist, he really just missed the mark. See what I did there? 
<laughs> that was bad. I, no, I agree. The, it, it's great until the end because they shoot themselves in the foot with the end because it feels the ending is feels so forced to me. It was like, oh, let's make them, let's make this more depressing and sad than it already is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the original ending was like more depressing than that than than that actually because from the book, what happened was they like, I'm trying to remember because because uh, I I'm trying to remember about it real quick. But anyway, go. I'm trying to remember about that real quick. Okay, because the mist, I'm telling you, I feel like they shot themselves in the foot with it because it's a great film and everything goes well in it until literally the end where they just force an ending on, they force a bad ending. They, uh, right. It feels too, like it's either, it felt too in the middle. It felt, they could have went all the way dark like they wanted to, or they could have went like the hopeful ending. And they decided to put like a, a end, but like in the middle. And like from what I read on it, they like compromised on the ending. And they should have just left it completely dark if they were going to do it completely dark. I don't, I feel like it was emotionally manipulative the way the director did the ending. And I feel like it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, okay, let's make the ending shocking so everybody will remember it. But really, I enjoy the rest of the movie a lot more than the ending. I think the rest of the movie is just intriguing with the whole, how they start going against each other and the whole religious aspect and how, like, different values and different sets. Yeah, I, pre- I, pre- I pretty much, I, I honestly think it led led the way forward for a lot of the newer news new school uh horror movies like i don't i wouldn't put it like top uh five or anything crazy like that but it it, it definitely like watching bird box on netflix I, it kind of gave me like the miss influence but i could i could be tripping but maybe the movie was written way beforehand but uh i feel like a couple movies maybe like cloverfield might have had a little bit of mist influence, but I don't know how I don't remember how old the mist was compared to some of these films. I think the mist in Cloverfield came out at the same year. I same say. year, two thousand seven. Yeah, Bird Box was only like a couple years old. Yeah, yeah. Bird Box felt very much like the mist too. I agree with that. It had a very mist vibe to it. Not as yeah. good. But it had that vibe. On, but yeah, yeah, so, that was I mean, the, yeah. Bird but, Box was the one movie I I, I kind of struggled getting to the end of, but um, it it wasn't that difficult as far as um, the miss goes. All right, if that's what Nick's got, then we're gonna get into Spider Man, guys. Spider freaking man, that's the moment you all have been waiting for. We got it. We we had to tease you guys with Stephen King things. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, Boogeyman uh, was. Was that? Boogeyman. Uh, oh. Boogeyman is basically just go see it if you want to, and uh, whatever mm-hmm. score Jacob gave it, um, mm-hmm. 
but no matter what, go see Spider-Man. That's what mm. you have to go see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gave it a B yeah, plus. I gave Boogeyman a B plus. And uh, nice. I, I said it's a good date movie, a good if you're you know if you're looking to be get scared it's it's it, it does the job with the scares it's not great but it's really good hmm. and okay now here we go to across the spider verse so i'm gonna let whoever wants to take it first take it first because i have my thoughts on it and i feel like you guys might kill me but <gasps> like i may have a little controversial i i will I'll, I'll get this out of the way first i love the movie Absolutely loved it. I think it's a little overhyped. I don't think it's one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. But I will say if they land it when they do release Beyond the Spider-Verse, if they land this story, then I will I can positively positively say it's one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. And yeah. your work. Now now uh uh before we start, uh, how we've all seen Across the Spider Verse, correct? Except right. Nick. Except I Nick. Saw it, yeah. No, I, I I saw it last night. You okay, saw yeah. it? Yeah, I saw it last night. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> hey, 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 I mean Deontay. It took him like forever. He, literally the day, me, Deontay, and Blake and Danny of Comically Inclined, we all went and saw it Thursday, and like literally like a couple of hours before we, he went. He came to the theater. He saw Into the Spider Verse for the first time. He never saw Into the Spider Verse five years. That's yeah, that. I know, I know. Uh, but uh, right you know, before the show, <laughs> literally. But he, it was a good thing he did because now he's a huge. Now he's his beef with Miles Morales is squashed. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. But for anyone watching, we apologize for the spoilers, but. We are diving deep into this because this is one of the best animated movies of the year, and that's along with Super Mario Brothers, and one of the best Spider-Man movies and one of the best comic book movies for sure. Like mm -hmm. it was amazing, just pure bliss and just the story. I was not expecting the story to go the course it was going, and but it was really, really good. And I love that. While we still kept the focus on Miles, but uh, but we it also shared with Gwen. It was much as Gwen's story as it was Miles's, and I really really liked that. <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling, Will. Yeah, brother in check. <laughs> but no, it was it was a Gwen and Miles story, and it was so it was they did a really good job of balancing like both of their sides as well as just like taking us to different dimensions, like seeing Gwen's home and seeing Mumbatan, uh, uh, Mumbatan and Nueva York and so many other places. It's, um, and the music, just the style, the different style choices for the entire movie and each spider, each world. It was just, man, it, it's no wonder that it took this movie like five plus years to make happen because but it was worth it for sure like and it's just amazing and if anything i'm probably gonna go see it again no matter what i just don't know when uh but uh oh man and i think out of all the spiders that we met i think my favorite is spider punk i knew Boy, it yeah, yeah damn right you did i knew Boy, it voice 
Yeah, voiced by the great Daniel Kalua from Get Out. <laughs> and he's just a rocker, man. Like, oh my, he's amazing. Just like, I don't believe in consistency. <laughs> I love it. He was way too cool for this he, movie. He really was. And like, I've always been cool, but bruh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And even though, and Miguel, it, dude, Oscar Isaac, who has now been in three Marvel film like roles now, like he was Apocalypse, he was he's Moon Knight, and now he's Spider Man twenty ninety nine. But let's not let's not talk about him being Apocalypse. Let's, I didn't hate him as Apocalypse. <laughs> I didn't hate him. There have been worse. There have been worse X Men villains. He was too short yep. to be Apocalypse, but wow, <laughs> damn. Okay, uh, but, but no. Even though he's not necessarily a villain, but he definitely like is a is a opposing force, and he was terrifying with yeah. as as uh, Miguel O'Hara, and just oh man, like even when Gwen says we're supposed to be the good guys, and like. You know, like other spiders in that room are being like, I don't feel really heroic. And Miguel's just going to be like, Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So follow my freaking lead. Mm. It's just like, You and what army? <laughs> this army, man. Yeah. This <laughs> army. Right. So oh my. we basically get right here that uh, Cameron had a very religious experience with Across the Spider Verse. <laughs> Mm. I mean, more, more or less, Spider-Man's like one of my favorite heroes, Marvel and, and just in general. So, yeah. So, and this is absolutely, honestly, this is one of the best Spider-Man movies I've ever seen. That up with No Way Home. Like, I can't Ooh. decide which is better in my opinion, but they're both really amazing. I have a question to ask all of you guys here, and I, I can only hear from all of y'all on this subject. But before I do... I want to plug, because we were talking about spoilers. I was waiting for more people to get in here. If you want non-spoiler written reviews, I'm still doing them. I'm at Jacob's Film Perspectives on Facebook and Instagram. That'll be where the non-spoiler reviews stay. So, like, you'll never have to worry about spoilers. They're very short, very quick and easy to read if you don't want to watch a whole podcast, which hopefully you do, because it's super entertaining. It's better mm -hmm. than any movie. Any movie you could watch is better. Besides <laughs> Shawshank Redemption and this. I can't. I never get it right. Drive, drive, you know, I can't get my angles, but you see the poster back there besides yeah. drive. But okay, you get that framed uh, up. I, yeah, I, I, need, I need to figure it out, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you can follow us there. But like, like I said, we're gonna get into spoilers here, and now I want to ask y'all, all of y'all, but yeah, Jacob's Films Perspectives, you see it name under my face on Instagram and Facebook. Go check it out, almost 200 followers on there. That's pretty cool, and uh. Let's get into it, guys. So what I want to ask is, do you think that the fan service in this movie, because there is fan service. Oh, no, there obviously. is fan service. Yeah. Obviously, yes. Do you think that fan service is taking over the comic book genre too much now? Because before you guys say anything, I just want to list this out. I was thinking about this today, and I was like, I want to bring this up on that because this is this will be an interesting topic to dive into across the Spider Verse because again, it is cameo galore mm -hmm. uh, with No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness having it, Flash coming out in a few weeks, going to have it obviously. Do you think that the storytelling is starting to struggle, and now studios are more like thinking, hey? 
fans rather just see old things they love. Let's just throw this in here instead of story. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I honestly blame that on the directors, yeah. Well, like, one thing about, like, comic books is, like, you know, like, those comic books are, like, all connected. Like, the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe, they're finally making movies that expand on this idea of, like, multiple heroes working together in one city, on one planet, different galaxies, you know? And so, like, I feel like the fan service is just reflecting the multiverse nature of comic books already that have been around for, like, the past... 30, 20, 40 years, really. Okay, right. but the, the multiverse is just one small aspect of comic books. We're talking specifically like multiverse. Do you think, because now DC and Marvel is both doing it, do you think it's too saturated in film right now, the whole multiverse idea? I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, my opinion on it is, I'll give you guys my opinion. My opinion on it is, I feel like, we're at a we're at we're at an edge here. I feel like if we get if we go a little too far, a little too to a little more, I feel like we're going to be pushing it. But I feel like right now where we are at, it's not too much. But I feel like we're on the we are on the edge of it being too much. I feel like. Uh, like I let it slide for like the, this uh Sony trilogy with the animated uh movies uh. But as far as like the MCU goes, we've actually got we've actually gotten a fairly decent break uh, from multiverse stuff. Uh, after right. Multiverse of Madness, uh, we didn't we had She Hulk and like a couple other uh, shows and movies and She Hulk, Black Panther, yeah, Dow Guardians, yeah. No, I mean from Marvel, we've only really just had, even though it's the multiverse saga, which is what they're calling phases four, five, and six. We've we, the only sort of multiversity we've had is from Doctor Strange and the What If series, which yeah. is a fairly decent amount. And <clears throat> with DC, well, DC we've had it for a good while, but not just with the Flash movie, it'll be out like in a week and a half, but also like the Flash shows and like mm -hmm. all the DC CW shows. Uh, that they did the multiverse for that for those shows, but they did a, like a very good job. Like not overdoing it too much uh so no i mean and then plus like shows and like other genres have done like different dimensions different earths like parallel worlds they've it's been part of like science fiction and just like in television and film like for years but uh no i don't feel like we're being oversaturated at all i mean so long as they don't like to a point be like we're just gonna jam it down your throat and you're gonna take it just take all this goodness no, no, uh, which do not take that out of context, people. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I know Will or somebody, Ben is. Some, somebody's going to clip that. Yeah. I swear to God, if somebody does, I'm going to go after them. But uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, pause. <laughs> the narrows Will. Uh, no, no, uh, no. As long as it's like they don't like to a point like just nonstop, I, which I don't think they will. I think they'll be smart about it and like give us a, a decent amount at a time. No, I don't think they will. Same with the fan service, because the fan service, like, they're making these movies not just for, like, for Hollywood, just to make money, but they're doing it for the fans, like, the directors, the writers, the actors, because they love, like, they truly have a passion, like, some of them more than others, like, have a passion for these projects, 
for these characters, for these worlds. So they they put their heart and soul into it, and they want to do a, a good job, not just for themselves, but for the fans. So, and even with, like, the Easter eggs, the cameos, and, like, all, like, little fan moments. Like, we have all this history that's been laid out for us over, like, the past 20, 40, 50 years ago that's just being brought up, like, to the surface and just, like, just, yeah. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, as as far as like on the positive look of it, like not not only have we been on like a fairly decent break from the multiverse stuff, like the closest we've gotten was dealing with Quantum Mania, and then it, we've had like Guardians of the Galaxy. After that, we got Secret Invasion this month, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Miss Marvel and like the, the Marvel Echo. in November. And we'll also have Loki season two in October. Yeah, that'll so probably deal October, it. yeah, that'll be that'll be our next interaction with the multiverse uh, situation. So, For sure. so we, we've had a pretty extensive break as far as Marvel goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't foresee DC leaving the multiverse uh, situation alone for a little bit. Uh, right. We got Flash coming up, and then. Uh, Whatever else they got going on on TV might have something to do with it. If it, if James Gunn, if James Gunn decides that it, we should use the multiverse in that, right? Because yeah, because this is like I think the one of the only few DC movies that's dealing with like different worlds. Because the TV shows like The Flash, Arrow, uh, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, they were all very much interconnected with each other and different worlds, parallel Earths. So. Yeah, uh, so if they do go, decide to go like maybe like parallel Earths, like different dimensions, they maybe they, I don't think they'll do it right away, but still, like we'll just have to wait and see what happens because we still don't know a whole bunch about what Gunn is going to do with the DC. So, yeah, yeah, and Gunn is already like laying it out that most like of the stuff we see plan. now, yeah, yeah. The plan that he has not like even completely unfolded he, he's relying on elsewhere else worlds in, instead of like using the multiverse so that, that that's going to be pretty cool so right I, robert pattinson's batman and joaquin phoenix's joker are going to be else worlds yeah and like blue beetle is an else world story and then possibly yeah. we don't really know for sure same with jason momoa's aquaman hmm and and we will Despite the reviews that we've heard about uh, Aquaman 2 already, I'm still looking forward to it. I will always be happy to watch Jason Momoa just in anything. Dune, uh, Aquaman, uh, Fast X, uh, which he was probably one of the few bright spots of Fast X. And uh, and weirdly enough, Fast X across the Spider-Verse, they both like set up like a cliffhanger across the spider-verse did a better job at like leaving the fans like hanging and wanting more like seeing what what, what's going to happen much better than fast sex for sure yeah because we got yeah uh, we got more than enough information about what's going to happen after that cliffhanger so we so we we got we got exactly what we needed well also going in i mean before it was it was it this this and beyond the spider verse it was called part one and part two before right right it was originally going to be yeah it was originally going to be part one and two and then the directors so we, and producers were like yeah we're going to change the names 
we kind of got uh, we we already got uh, basically told that it's going to be a two part story already. You know, whereas right. some movies going in, you have it, and I agree. I wanted to ask about the fan service thing because I've been seeing that online and in the movie community that that's all that is. And because like you guys are more into the, like the comic sides of stuff and you know, this is the film side, you know, I'm the film guy. This is so on the film side, it's a little bit differently because in terms of storytelling and stuff, it's just, it's just different how that works usually. But uh, what I see is, like I said, I don't think it's too much either. Like I don't watch, I haven't seen the, I don't watch the CW shows because I'm a film guy. I don't care about those. They just, they're too, low, they're too low budget for me. They're too cheesy. They're too soap opera. I'm a, I can get yeah, it. Yeah. Though the, the DC era of the CW was, I felt like was like the, the one exception. Like those are really good standouts though. And Superman and Lois, which is on now, that's filmed way different. That actually does look very cinematic. I would suggest not only to you, but to anyone, watch Superman and Lois. I have yeah, an interest it, in that one. You would like that. It's really good. The, the, the shots are amazing, the scenes, and just, like, the storytelling is just, like, brilliant. They did a really good job. The first season probably the best season, like, so far. There's, there's probably quite a bit of hype for that show. It, Which is why people are wanting it to be renewed. If not on CW, move it to Max. Please. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you see, yeah, Max well, will take care of him. My only hold up with that is I'm not a Superman fan, obviously. I'm Batman and Spider Man all the way. Understandably. Trust Man, me. Let's go. Batman, Spider Man. I, Spider-Man. I love Spider Man. I love Batman. I will say I love- something. I will say something here, though. This may be controversial. Uh-oh. I always say this may be controversial. And then I say the most softball thing. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm not. We're here acting like I'm saying like these horrible things, but I'm just saying regular stuff. But anyway, I am really looking forward to James Gunn's Superman. Okay. Especially when you see the casting options that he has. Possibly, yeah. I mean, and I am, I am of the, I am of the small group of people that think it was smart to recast Henry Cavill because if you look at the universe and what he's doing. Henry Cavill, yes, he still looks young, but he is 39. He wants to do, he's trying to do a Superman, a, he wants to do a young Superman that, w- that will go 10 years. Henry Cavill is not the right fit for that. Like, I, he, Man of Steel is great. Like, Man of Steel is a great movie. I like Zack Snyder. Man of, Zack Snyder is a little too style over substance for me as a film guy, but mm-hmm. Man of Steel, I think, is also a little overrated. I'll it say is. it. It is. People say it's underrated. I think more people yeah. love Man of Steel than hate Man I'm of Steel. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's a little overrated. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. But no, but, I mean, I can understand because you're right. Because James wants to find someone who can play Superman for a very long time, like it's a 10 year plan. But, and I do understand and respect that choice of his, but also just Henry Cavill has done. He he hasn't been in like so many. He, he's only been in so many films, but he's done such a good job. It's like capturing. Like, I I completely agree with you on that. I think the biggest thing that Warner Brothers did was completely waste Henry Cavill's Superman. That's the worst thing they've done. It, because it, right, it's right. Warner Brothers' fault because 
they didn't yeah. really know what they were doing. Like they didn't, exactly. they didn't have like a twenty year plan like Marvel does, like like in their basement or whatever. Like they just tried to make whatever movies they thought they could based on what popular characters they thought mm-hmm. they could like to do. But yeah, no, I mean if they had just thought it out more carefully and like not screwed over Henry Cavill, like everyone does. I'm talking to you, Netflix. <laughs> then we would have had a really great Superman, like for who knows how much longer. Like he was born to be Superman. Like yeah, he Jesus, was born to, he was made that. to be Superman. He was bo- made to be Geralt of Rivia. He was made to do so much great, and everyone just wants to just, you know what? You're too much. You're good. As, as somebody uh-huh. who doesn't, as somebody who is. A, Batman, Spider-Man fan at heart and never been a big Superman fan, never cared for him. Always thought he was too overpowered, too. I don't really care for him. But Henry Cavill was the first person that I watched that made me go like, okay, I like Superman. Like I like his darker approach to it. His 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 acting is great. And I feel like Warner Brothers has done a lot of terrible stuff with DC in the past decade. But I feel like that is the worst thing they did was squander and just yeah. waste him, yeah. Yeah, they waste no, him completely. No, I agree because no, no. <laughs> I, I'm actually. I was just. I think you. I think I told you earlier this, like a day or two ago, Deontay. Man of Steel was like one of the first like Superman movies that made me like, okay, I'm really into. Okay, Superman isn't so bad because I. Out of most, I was definitely Batman over Superman for sure. But Man of Steel made me think, okay, this guy isn't so bad. So yeah, no, definitely like Henry Cavill like being Superman and Man of Steel just maybe take another look at me like yes. It's just sad because he's a he's a great actor and he seems like a great person in real life. And I mean, they even brought him in in Black Adam just to what, and they basically got his hopes up just to waste them completely. Right, and that was that was at the same. That was they also announced like he was coming back before like James made his own announcement, be like. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. yeah, they got his hopes up. They got our hopes up. And be like, just squander it all. I am excited uh, for the man. new James Gunn Superman, but I will agree that it is sad. And I really wish we could have seen what Henry Cavill could have done as Superman. Right. Though I did uh, hear like a, a rumor that he might make like one last appearance in the Flash, though apparently. Possibly. Well, I mean, there's the whole multiverse, so they could bring him back. Now right, right. Multiverse being a big thing, they could, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like if you are to use the multiverse again, I mean, that would be the best way to use it is to at least give him some, some like, I don't want to say revenge, but some like, you know, like here, finally be able to do something with the character that you worked so Maybe hard he, to be. And he could, he could not he could take do a different turn. He could play like a dark Superman. He could play Superman from Injustice, the games. That would be really interesting. And it also goes to say, say the same for like other actors and actresses who've been in DC movies. Like he has, James has never said that like no one like from the other movies from, from the last decade are like, they're not necessarily done. Like Jason, we don't know if Jason Momoa is going to keep playing Aquaman or he's going to go over to Lobo. We don't know if, Gal Gadot is going to stop playing Wonder Woman or if uh, if Ezra Miller is 
done with the Flash after this, or who, or Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, and so on and so on. We just we don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ezra is the only one that we have confirmed. Like he, Warner Brothers. I think before Walter Hamada stepped down, like confirmed, like Flash Barry Allen at at the very least is getting recasted. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's getting he's getting the help he needs. If this if he's getting the help he needs, and like and is actually taking responsibility and like doing it right, like I will give I will give the man a second chance. And not only that, if but if this movie is as acclaimed as everyone's saying it's going to be, then by all means. And also, they've already Warner Brothers is already already like working on a, a like a writing for a sequel for the Flash. So we might possibly get like Ezra Miller back or someone else, like you said, D. Yeah, I'm, I, like uh, Ben just mentioned, uh, maybe Wally West would be a good sub. I mean, because we had Wally West going growing up with the Justice League animated series, so it's like you couldn't right, go wrong right, with Wally. Right, Wally West was that, and that he's also been on Young Justice as Kid Flash, and and he's he's a Flash in the comics now. He's the Flash. Yeah, that that would be an easy save for James Gunn. It's just like, I'm just going to cast Wally. Definitely, yeah. absolutely. Especially if they want to like maybe go like like a Justice League route. Like, give us John Stewart, give us Hawk Girl, give us Martian Manhunter, which was another waste thing that they did. But yeah, it. Uh, what was I about to say? Yeah, screw Hal Jordan. That's what I was about to say. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would rather have either John Stewart or Kyle Rayner as my GL. Yeah, especially for Gunn's going to handle it well. I'll take John Stewart. Same. Same. Everyone's just like, we love John Stewart. Goodbye, Hal Jordan. <laughs> yeah, John John Stewart is the best, most interesting Green Lantern, I think. But that's just absolutely. Me. That's my guy. My, my favorite's just... always been Kyle Rayner, personally. Yeah. I just grew up. Kyle's up there like, too. I've just grown up, grown up with John Stewart because of the Justice League animated series. Yep. Oh, same, same, absolutely. That's He's just... one of my favorites too. Like, I definitely yeah. prefer John Stewart over Hal Jordan myself too. When I saw him on the TV, I was like, "Holy shit, he looks like oh. me!" So I, that, yeah, that, that's that's what, hard. That, yeah. that's what they want. That's what we need more of. That's another great. That's a, like if you're gonna do Green Lantern. I mean, that's another great way you can do representation too, right there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they I mean, do he's, already, he's already cooler right. and better anyway. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they could also do the same if they want to do Jessica Cruz as a Green Lantern too. Not only Oof. a Latina, but a female Green Lantern as well. Representation. Yeah. The only thing is, is just timeline. Like, what timeline is James Gunn going to solidify? Because uh, if he goes with like the new school Green Lanterns, uh, he, he's going to need like a older soups. The older suits, older bats, and all those guys around. And we're just speculating at this point. We don't know when yeah. he's keeping everything in the house. <laughs> he is not your brother, Ben. He is not. John I want to know, was... know who Danny Stewart is because they somebody said I'm Danny Stewart in disguise. Oh, yeah, oh, that... no, no, the Danny is Ben's brother, and. One of the one of the yeah. co-founders of Comically Inclined. Uh, yeah. Also, apparently, John Stewart was your Miles Morales moment. Yeah. Apparently, 
I think that was directed to you, Deontay. Oh, uh, Miles Morales moment. Have to say, yeah, you better. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I saw I saw uh, John Stewart on TV, and I was like, blew my head off my shoulders because I mm-hmm. I was the only cartoon that I had like a superhero that looked like me. And well, that static shock. It, it static shock came like years later. Like a few and, years, it wasn't that far apart. Yeah, they're like Justice League and Justice League Eliminated was like my very first access to it. So it was Static like, Shock. Static Shock was one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, him and and Richie's friendship was like awesome. Like seeing like because that was that was like a part of the message of the show was like showing two best friends working together Definitely. to protect the city. And then uh, one of the episodes live action. Exactly. Gunna Gunna and, said that he wants to like do like a Static Shock. Not only static, but like other characters from like uh, Milestone, like uh, Milestone Comics, like Icon or or Rocket or other characters. Uh, oh, I, I did. I, I I was like halfway into like Will's joke. It, it, I don't know if he was joking or or to ask Ben and Danny that the middle bro he just not around. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, no, well, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I was like halfway into reading that, and like halfway into like what you were saying. Um, <laughs> crap, I, I lost my train of thought. But here's another comment. <laughs> another comment. I will say, let's. I love how we just went on a tangent talking about DC when we're supposed to be talking about across the Spider Verse. I'm about to say, yeah. yeah, let's let's turn let's take it back to like let's get this, let's let's rein this back into across the spider verse and the spider verse movies. Let's talk about that. Let's so okay, so you guys think because uh, we we really haven't given like I mean Cameron has, of course he loved it, but like I wanna know what Deontay you think and Nick what you think. What do you guys think overall? Yeah, Nick, you're more than welcome to go ahead of me. Okay, so hot take time. I'll take. Oh, here we go. In my personal opinion. Don't make in my mad. personal opinion, the two Spider Verse movies are the best Marvel movies of the past ten years. Of the past ten years, and in my personal opinion, in the next ten years, those will probably be really the only good Marvel movies. In my opinion. Wow. Not, so you're my, saying it's in my than- whole opinion. <laughs> Better than Guardians of the Galaxy, any of them. Better than Avengers, Infinity Endgame, War. Than... Yes, better... yes, yes, yes. See, for, Be- first off, first off, I'm not a huge fan of the MCU to begin with. So okay, there's... hold on, Nick. Before you say but... first off, I want to I want to preface this because I I know of Nick's history with the MCU. Nick is a known MCU hater, so let's just get this out of the way. I'm oh, not. Nick, a, I'm not, I'm not he... like a hater. Hater. What, 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 what's your what is, what is your he's issue made with the posts on Facebook many times? Many times he's made posts on Facebook dogging the MCU. So let's not come on, Nick. Let's be transparent with everybody here. You know yeah. you don't like the MCU. Okay. Well, what is your what is your issue like problem with Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think my main thing is so like the main issue I had with it, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, those movies are good. I'm the Thor movies are good. I just feel like there was probably like a 
four five year time period where the where the movies were just slowly or the movies were slowly declining i feel like they were becoming too cheesy too frat bro-ish you know i just feel like the acting was just really declining i feel like they were just relying on hey look at this character fighting this character look at this fight scene look at all the stuff we're doing you know and i feel like the past two years really with the tv shows and the newer movies really show that in my in my opinion in my opinion that's my main issue with the mcu i feel like iron man guardians of galaxies the first few movies were really good the first avengers movie is one of my top 50 movies of all time but the affinity war and those other movies i'm not a huge fan of i just feel like the mcu was i feel like the mcu peaked probably five, six years ago. I just feel like they're slowly declining, in my, in my opinion, in my opinion. Will is, on, Will is on that same ship, too. I will Let's say... Let's go. Let's go. I, yeah. will say, I will say... I will say... That is... Yeah, no offense, but I got to disassociate from your brother. <laughs> this, as, as the godfather of movies here, I will disagree with you, Nick, and say... that that is a wrong not only a hot that's not a hot take that is a wrong take yeah that's a a wrong turn like the mcu yes i will say the last two the last two years have been rough for the mcu i will agree with you on that i will say thor love and thunder i think is the worst mcu movie but it is it is it is but no way home. Besides, okay, you can you can hate on No Way Home. You can say it has a lazy setup, but Multiverse of Madness retroactively makes that setup make sense because it shows how arrogant Doctor Strange was. Because people make the people make the comment that the reason No Way Home has a lazy setup because no way Doctor Strange would do that for a teenager, like all this stuff. But if you watch Multiverse of Madness. You see how arrogant Doctor Strange is, and he and that like that's the whole point of Multiverse of Madness is him learning that he's not the greatest wizard. You know, he's got ego issues, right. and like so he's I feel not like happy. yeah, I feel like Multiverse of Madness just makes No Way Home better because it it takes away that complaint that people had when No Way Home came out about its lazy setup. And yes, the setup could have it could have been written better. There should have been more padding in the writing with how they did brought in everybody. But overall, No Way Home will go down as one of like the biggest landmark movies of all time. Like it, yeah, absolutely. The the hard work they had to do to do Toby, bring in Andrew, bring in William Defoe back as Green Goblin, and all the other ones. Like, I don't think you guys, I don't think people realize how hard that is to, because like even like because like I'm a I'm a I'm I guess you'd call me. I mean, some people, you know, being a film major, called me pretentious or whatever. Oh, you are. You are. I am not. I am not pretentious at all. But uh, what I what I see is that is great movie making and that is great writing and how they incorporate it all. Because think about it, it's those are three different universes, three different universes, and they all come together so cohesively. They all fit with each other. They all have great rapport with each other and just everything about No Way Home, I think, is an accomplishment and it should be celebrated forever like that. 
And I think the same with Endgame. I think in I think the MCU peaked with Endgame and then it peaked again with No Way Home because Endgame and No Way Home both take all these characters. No Way Home is a little more impressive because it took different universes, different tones, and made it work all cohesively. But and because Endgame, it's the same tone. But Endgame took all these Marvel characters and in, ended a ten-year run. Over 10 years, it was 11 years at that point. 11 year run of movies, the best, most perfect way they can. And I don't think people who aren't into writing films and making films realize how hard that, that has to be to make all these characters come together and to close off 11 years of movies. Like that should be respected and cherished forever. And I don't see how, Nick, you think in game. Well, hot take, hot take actually, hot take. Uh-oh. First off, in my in my opinion, it is impressive, but they had source material already to base it on. It wasn't like these characters they you know they just sat down one day and just create created all these characters, all these universes in one afternoon. They had source material to base it on, mm-hmm. and you know, and and like those movies are impressive because of that. But at the same time, this idea of bringing characters together has been around ever since like media has really existed and i and i i will agree with you it is it is impressive but the thing is they still had source material to base it on they already had that clutch to go on it's again it's not like these guys went to a studio and just made up iron man like five years ago iron man has been around since the 60s all these storylines have been around for like the past 40 years and it's one of those things it is impressive, but it's only impressive because these stories already existed. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. But also- you can also argue. You can also argue here that it is similarly hard to adapt something as it is to create something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's not the same, but it's very similar to like how taking a book like you were talking about with Stephen King books, bringing those to like the silver screen, the big screen, like the stories are, are there, but it's just as equally hard to execute them. Right. You have to have a good director with a good vision, good writing and the actors you have to have Robert Downey Jr. Was made. He was literally bred to be Tony Stark. There was no better option than Robert Downey Jr. He was, he was born to play that role. It not, it takes Execution from the actors, from writing, from the director, from every person working on the film, on these films, to make it that good, to make it as good as they've all been. Yes, some of some fall shorter than others, but for the most part, like Marvel has not like Marvel really hasn't like lost too much of a step, like in the last like 12, 13, 15 years now. It's been fifteen fifteen years. In the last fifteen years, they've done. They've had their formula. They've done it. They've done. They've done it to a, a very successful point, and they've been doing great so far. And they want to keep building on it for who knows how long, until Marvel can just drop, just sucker it out for as long as they can. Yeah, I feel like history is just repeating itself because it's just like when phases one, two, and three all uh, came together for Marvel. Uh, People d- didn't think Iron Man two and three were incredible movies. People didn't uh, mm-hmm. didn't like the f- the first and second Guardians, but that's arguable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there was other movies, and 
the Thor movies didn't have good reception, and but because it, Infinity War and Endgame were so good, people forgave it. Right, right, and yeah, and they also with like, yeah, right, yeah, and even with like move, movies that do like very bad, like Love and Thunder, people will forgive like the Dark World for being, you know what? When, think looking at this now, the Dark World is not as bad as this. Like, so yeah, yeah, it just depends on like what like what your take on a, on a movie is. It just it really does. Like, and yeah. Yeah. I agree, I agree with that completely because before this I said the Dark World was my least favorite MCU movie and then I watched Love and Thunder and I was like oh no <laughs> oh no I was like the Dark World is actually a pretty good movie if we're putting it to Love and Thunder I don't know who, t- yeah I, don't I would know probably who we have let to re- Taika Waititi off the leash on that movie but they should have really reined him in and even Chris and even Chris Hemsworth, like I read earlier today, like like Chris Hemsworth went on to say, like they got lost in the silliness, they got lost in like the wonder, like the fun times. Like it could have been more serious, it could have been better. I think even Chris Hemsworth, like you know what we yeah, could have too silly. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, do you, how do you waste? But, how do you waste Christian Bale? As well, Christian Bale really good. We'll say but, that Christian Bale was like one of the best, one of the better parts of that movie. He did a great job as Gore. It, granted, we could have seen a lot more action with him, more fight scenes, but it all, but no, Christian Bale as Gore was great for sure. Yeah, Christian Bale, uh, he wasn't really comic book Gore, but he was still his own version of Gore that was Definitely. still like very impressive. I think I read somewhere that he had finished filming another movie before Love and Thunder, and he had lost a lot of weight for it, so we didn't really bulk up in time. So they just went another route, and I thought it worked. Yeah, right. it it, it, pa- it passed for me. Who <laughs> Ben's yeah. like, who the fuck didn't like Guardians? Like, I don't know. Well, appa- well, apparently Nick over here doesn't like Guardians two or three. I'm I just... like them. I like them. I like them, but again, my whole thing with Marvel was like, there's probably around a dozen Marvel movies I liked. There's probably around a dozen Marvel movies I liked. My thing is, is again, going back to what I said originally, they peaked a while back. They've been declining ever since. And one aspect I see is they're becoming too funny. I feel like I hopefully love Love and Thunder was the peak of that funniness. One of my big, one of my biggest issues with that is like, it was funny, then it was scary. It was funny, then it was scary. There was a scene where Thor was doing something stupid. Then there was a scene where Christian Bale was making a kid cry. You know? Yeah, exactly. The tones. Yeah, no, me and right. me have definitely talked about this. Before. But but I feel like the I feel like the earlier MCU films had that nice balance. Then yeah. I feel like down the road they started to become not a parody of themselves. But I feel like if they took a certain direction, they would have eventually become a self-parody of of Thor, of Iron Man, of the Hulk, and all that. Yeah, because it, it did get out of hand with some of these new school directors and writers, and honestly, I still believe, like, uh, everything we're seeing in 4, 5, 6 is just a mirror of 1, 2, and 3. Well, it's just like is, the peak well, of those, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Infinity Saga? Mm-hmm. Like The peak of those movies were mostly Avengers Age of Ultron in the first Avengers movie. Um, right, but we still gotta remember, you gotta remember, like, uh, people that were in the beginning of, like, phase one or even two, or be like, like, 
they're not going to want to do this as much anymore. Like, it's been 10 plus years. They're going to want to break from this. I mean, so we have to start fresh. We're going to have to introduce new characters and, like, the whole new superhero origins as well as, like, continuing some other, some newer characters still. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to, like, start off again, like, no matter what. Like, it can't be, like, like, oh, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're gonna spread out like Iron Man five and six. Oh, and another Captain no. America with both Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson as Captain Americas. What? Yeah. No, it, no, it, it, no. They have to evolve. They have to change with the times. They have to grow with new characters. As much as we want older characters and older actors to stay with us, it, we can't always have that. Yeah, you got characters that. Um people are complaining about now and the same way that they complain about characters introductions back then because some people actually didn't like the first iron man and then the most popular character line of movies is probably captain america because civil war and uh winter soldier were all hits and people kind of cared about the first captain america but the rest of face one two and three people had something bad to say and it's just like four, five, and six is not significantly that much different. No, I mean, it's all a matter of, like, what people prefer. Like, some people prefer, like, like a thriller, like The Winter Soldier, which is definitely, like, one of the best Marvel movies for sure. Or some people prefer, like, a funny romp adventure, like Ragnarok, or, or, or darker tone, like uh, Black Widow, or something off the wall, like Guardians. It just depends on what, what the viewer prefers what they want to watch what kind of story they want to watch it just depends on what they prefer and what they think is garbage which could be wrong and honestly uh wait just just wait till like the first avengers movies of four uh, phase four five and six to come around a lot of people's opinions are going to change oh lord yeah because we're not going to have the original avengers we're going to be like who's going to be a part of the avengers who's going to lead them who's the bad guy it says it in the title it says it in the title, for Lord's well, sakes. We don't yeah. know if we're going to have Kang anymore, though. Well, we're, we're yeah. going to have a Kang. We just yeah. we may not have Kang the Conqueror. But still, and remember, uh, Secret Wars comes first, so we're getting a we're potentially getting a part one. Coming first, Secret Wars will come after. It, 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 it uh, Kang Dynasty was uh, now pushed uh, back, and they're thinking about doing like Secret Wars one and two. I haven't. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna double check you on that, Deontay. So, we need a fact checker in the comments section. Exactly, Ben. Yeah. Ben, fact check us. The fact MCU us right mind. now is kind of in flux because of the whole Jonathan Major situation. Well, hopefully, well, I hope that that, that I'm I'm sure he's that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hopefully it doesn't like get too out of hand or like he'll be okay. But if that is true, then man. But yeah. but we digress. Yeah, last thing I'll say about that is just that um, we got Miss Marvel and Echo and Loki Season 2 and Secret Invasion, and people have complaints about that. At the very least, next year will go even harder, so you can't... I wouldn't rule out uh, Phases 4, 5, and 6. Well, I wouldn't rule out Phase 5 just yet, because in a couple of weeks, Secret Invasion could be like the greatest show that we've all watched. Right, so right, yeah, because we've only had like two movies, Quantumania and Guardians. And out of the out of the two, Guardians is way better than Quantumania. As much as I love Ammon the Wasp, 
because we only had the two movies. And Secret Invasion, that'll probably be similar to like the Winter Soldier was like very much a thriller, very much spy espionage. So yeah, so hopefully it, it just doesn't help that we have less content because we're only getting three movies and supposedly three shows this year, and we don't know how we don't know how much more we're getting the next year. So it just because we got like what four five shows this last year. So it just, as I understand why Kevin Feige was like, we're going to roll out, we're not going to roll out as much shows this year. We want to keep people in wait, in, in suspense. I can understand it, but also it doesn't help because we don't have as much content to base, like, how the phase is continuing, how it's doing, how it's hopefully getting better. Yeah, I'll make a I'll make a wager that with these three remaining shows of 2023 and one final movie, that a lot of people's opinions about phase five are going to change quick. So I'm sure if that's true, then I I want some money from you guys. Right. I'm actually excited for the Marvels, like weirdly. And I like Captain Marvel, but it was definitely not one of my favorite movies, but I'm actually really excited for the Marvels. I think it's because it's not just Brie Larson. It's also uh, Tayona Paris as Monica. And of course, Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan, who was great at her series last year. Yeah, they, they people have a problem with that. They, I bet they won't complain about Secret Invasion. I oh, bet they hell. won't complain about Loki season two. Oh, so so you know, week, Phase Five week. is going to have some bangers. So well, let's, let's let's rein this MCU talk and let's go to the Sony yeah. Spider Verse again. Yeah. Yeah. This is our this is our fault. Like you have two comic nerds talking about Spider. Yeah, just, I'm, yeah. Uh, we we're on the we're on the movie. This is the movie. Yeah, we side know. Now. We yeah. know. I'm sorry. This is my first time. I'm very sorry for We're Godfather, getting out of hand. Uh, you're talking to the Godfather here, but anyway. <laughs> I, I know I am. I know I am. I stay silent during like the whole like boogeyman Stephen King thing. No, you're, now, no, you're good. You're good. Talking. I'm just. We need to get into across the Spider Verse because I want to hear. Yeah. Okay, so Cameron, yeah, we got Nick's Nick. You basically said it's gonna hold up out of all of these Marvel movies. Yeah, he's, he's, his hot take was this the best. Deontay, please, uh, Deontay or Godfather, please carry us further before we get carried away with Nick again. Uh, uh real, real quick, uh, Nick, what was your what, what grade would you give it? Honestly, an A. Like I would give both of the Spider Verse movies a solid A. A plus, A plus, like a man. ten out of ten. Out of 10. <laughs> and then Ben Stewart, here he ben? comes. Ben. <laughs> All right, so Nick, when it comes to you that, okay. First? okay. Nick is uh, Nick will be uh, leaving here in a minute, so let's get before we get Deontay's thoughts on across the Spider Verse. Let's get Nick's thoughts here on uh, where. So you rank this as a top Marvel. Where do you rank this in your Spider Man ranking? Like, if you were to rank the Spider Man movies, what what is your ranking? See, okay, so when it comes to the Spider-Man movies, ever since the first Spider-Verse movie came out, I've created separate rankings for both the live action and the animated movies because they're so different, in my opinion, in terms of tone and quality and storytelling. I'm not going to compare the two Spider-Verse movies to the original Spider-Man movies. So right now, I'm having a separate ranking for both of them. Okay. Well, let's rank. The answer is more complicated than we would like it to be. Okay, let's hear your. Let's 
hear your ranking of the Spider-Man movies live actions? Like, what are your top ones? You don't have to rank all of them. You don't have to rank all like of your them. You Let me pull up. Your top three Spider-Man movies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we won't make you have to go through and rank all of Let them. Let me pull up my list real quick here. Let me pull up my list. Oh, Lord. He said, "Let me pull up Letterbox." While you're doing that, while you're doing that, who's your favorite Spider-Man? At least my favorite Spider-Man. My favorite <laughs> Spider-Man. Honestly, out of the live actions, I'm gonna go with Toby. Toby, out of the live actions, Toby yeah. would probably. Toby's my favorite. I, I grew Everyone's up with Toby, answer. and he's just such an iconic Spider-Man, in my opinion. I, okay, I grew up with, so I grew up with my, Toby too, but oh, no, go on. So, my favorite Spider-Man movies, my top three, if you will. Spider-Man three, Spider-Man three is my favorite. The Amazing Spider-Man is number two, and Spider-Man two is my third favorite. Those are my favorite, like top three Spider-Man movies of all time, for the live action, for live action. Nick. Mm. You surprise me with everything you, that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> Every Spider-Man time. Spider-Man 3, I, I don't, I, Spider-Man I don't 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man over Spider-Man 2. What'll be, what'll be fair, The Amazing Spider-Man was better than The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, mm, but exactly. still, I Spider-Man, disagree. I think The, I think the but, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is better than The Amazing Spider-Man. But hear me out, hear me out. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3 has Venom in it. And Venom, yeah, but... But it's done. Yeah, so and they poorly. got Eric Foreman to be his host, and he was just a whiny little just baby. It was rushed. But hear me it, out. It, it, it has Venom so in it. Venom, Venom makes that movie so good. Venom makes. Yeah, that movie he, does. So good. he does. You were crazy. Be- you were- okay, Nick. <laughs> He's right. Spider-Man you are Three crazy. is really good, though. It was a great. It execution. is. Spider-Man was. Yeah. Oh, Spider-Man Lord. Three. Uh, this is my okay. Nick, you're crazy. Venom, he, he's, he's, you're right. He is nuts. Real quick, before you say that, the only reason why you guys hate it is because other people tell you it's not good. So therefore, no, you follow no, their no, opinions. No, their no, opinions no, 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 no. Listen here, listen here, Nick. <laughs> I was, when did that movie come out? 2007? 2007. Okay, I, 2007. I was eight or nine. I'll still I watch it to this very day. I was eight or nine years old when that movie came out. I went and saw it in theaters with my dad. I was so excited. I loved the first two. I didn't like that movie when I was eight or nine. Okay. And I, I, I liked I, it when I was eight or nine. Like, I, mean, I, I, re, I rewatched it. Still didn't like it. Nobody told me that Spider-Man 3 was a bad movie. I grew up, everybody loved it around me. I was one of the only people that did not like it. And it is my least favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Honestly, no, no, no. I mean, I like oh, it. I mean, it's it's not my favorite. Like, especially not out of the three Tobey Maguire's and not out of all of them. No, no. I mean, I'll watch it, but I'll either fast forward or cringe whenever he does the dance. Like, outside, like, no. You don't need, why? But no, no. no. Spider-Man <laughs> 3 is, and not only that, but it's abomination because <laughs> Sam, Ra- Sam Raimi himself was forced. They forced Sam Raimi to put Venom in there. Sam mm-hmm. Raimi went on. Sam Raimi right, did right, not right, even like Venom. I'll Sam be abroad. He wanted to do Venom. He wanted Venom to be in this movie. The, the part of yep. the problem was they did too many villains. They had Sam in. They had Harry, who wasn't a villain by the end, but they killed him. And then they had 
Eric Foreman as Venom, who was okay, so a Nick, funny little. Yes. Nick, you yeah. as a aspiring filmmaker like me and Deontay yes. here. And I don't know about Cameron. Cameron, are you an aspiring um, filmmaker? Possibly. I, I'm probably more on the writer end than in the directorial, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to get in the business. Okay, so out of all these people here, you're going to tell me that the movie that was very studio made, they forced on the they forced the director incorporate a whole villain plot he did not want to is your favorite Spider-Man movie. It is, yeah. I, I will say <laughs> that. I will say that. It, the Even movie though the did. director that directed it does not like that movie. Because they that's not like like the thing is a lot of directors don't like their own movies. That's not like a rare thing. You're acting like him not liking that movie is a rare thing. It's not. It's pretty common actually. How are you <laughs> friends with him? <laughs> I'm Nick, I'm friends with him Nick now. Has, Nick. Nick has the hardest <laughs> takes, and you know what? He keeps this show. I will say, Nick, he keeps this show on its toes because like See, I, I come I'll, in here also with- also real quick real quick hot another hot take about Sam Raimi another hot oh take my about God. Sam Raimi. best his, director ever best director what one of them one of them his mm-hmm. best movie his best superhero movie is Dark Man that's his best superhero movie in my opinion that's I haven't seen Dark Man so I can't comment. neither have I but no his best superhero movie is Spider Man 2 nope no it's not <laughs> oh my gosh! It, it goes three, two, one for me. I'm, I'm sorry. You guys are crazy. dude. Yeah, it goes You're three, nuts. two, one for Deontay. me. So. No, no. Out of the three, it is two, one, three at the bottom. I, I could probably do two, okay. three. Well, no. Nah. Here, I'll show yeah. you guys. Okay. Actually, I don't like two? number two that well. What? I don't like number two me? that well. Mm-mm. You, you don't like is, Who are I don't you? Like it. Okay. Here goes. Here goes. Here goes. It goes two, one, three. At the, you can't even see my hand. That's how low it is. He's right. He's absolutely right. I don't even know you anymore. I, I got to get rid of Doc Ock. I, he he. No, he's my Alfred least favorite Spider Man. Alfred Molina. Yeah. Doc Ock. He, he, or, he was great. I don't. He was not the casting. In not the history. casting. The writing. The writing for it. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't well, like it. I didn't. Oh he's my like the God! Villains in comic book movie history. What am I? Exactly. In comic books itself, he sucks. In in animated series, he sucks. Yeah. Well, I don't. We're yeah. we're, not, we're we're the film. This is the film show. Exactly. I like I like Alfred Molina, but I, the way that they handled him was kind of just like mid. It, it was mid sauce oh, for me. Well, I'm not. I just feel that. like Doc Ock, like like you were saying, he's a pretty mid villain to begin with. Yeah. Like the thing, a lot of Spider-Man villains are just very one D characters. Yeah. They're just like they, you know, like a lot of them are just like an animal, or they have like some sort of weird superpower, like the Sandman, and that's it. That's okay. It. You get a lot out of these characters, really. But you like the writing of Venom with Topher Grace. I do. I yeah. think people's complaints was Topher. I don't think well, the Venom, not just to- well, yeah, it, not just Topher, just Grace, Topher, but also just like how they tried to make it like more angsty, just like how they tried to make Toby a little bit more like edgy, like because of the Venom suit, and just like no, no. They, they handled Venom well. Venom, no, Venom was straight yeah, out the did. comic book, but they. I mean, they did a fairly good job with. I mean, the look of Venom and just his powers, but just I don't know. I feel like they could have done a better casting choice. Then I I love Topher I do but 
I don't think he was made to be a Venom. Yeah, Ven- Venom was great. Topher Grace's Eddie Brock was people's complaints. Hold on, hold on. I'm That's what that should have been for. Deontay, I'm going to ask you real quick, and please, please let this be my answer for you. Tom Hardy or Topher Grace? I hate both of them. What is wrong? I, I hate both of them because Tom Tom Hardy he he should be in a, a superhuman or, or he could be a villain or like a street level thug mm. he could be any of that but Tom Hart Tom Hardy is Eddie Brock. I will say Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock as Tom Hardy. He, I see very, Tom Hardy with the Venom symbiote. That that's yeah, all he, I see. Yeah, he's very Tom Hardy in that movie. He doesn't really put on a different persona for eddie brock i'll give you that yeah he but he still is Topher grace is an abomination (laughs) all right thank you thank you godfather i'll settle for that too because i I didn't like i didn't like eddie brock in any iteration of him besides comic books And, and you're telling me and i can't believe this you're telling me nick that you like the venom character over william william defoe the king of himself as green goblin I do, I do. What? I will say that. I will say. That. Are you You're out of your mind? Are you being <laughs> a troll right now? Like, are you trolling? I'm, like, I'm not. I, being, I think I'm he is. He's just doing this to piss I'm us off. I'm not being a troll. I'm not being a troll. You have to. Piss. You have to be no, trolling. Willem right Dafoe. Now. Willem Dafoe. He's a great actor. He did a great job as as Green Goblin, as Norman Osborn, playing <laughs> the dichotomy of of Jekyll and Hyde, and even surpassed like the original of original movie his original role when he came back for no way home and did all of his freaking stunts himself that's the only way he would come back and he did them all and he did a freaking fantastic job yeah See, the, green goblin, the green goblin is one of the top three spider-man movie villains of all time but and comic but, villains and comic villains but he's below venom why do you like Venom so much? Toe for Grace Venom. Let's let's before you leave, <laughs> you cannot leave this podcast. I'm gonna force you to not leave until you t- I am you're- hovering over the leave studio button right now. <laughs> you, you you are are you know what? You are arrested. You are stuck. Thank here. you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. He's until- agreeing with us, Jacob. Ben Ben Stewart is agreeing with us, like on the writing end. Like, thank God. Someone yeah. in this someone here has sense. Yeah. How do you not like? <laughs> how do how do you how do you justify? Venom? Wait, so real quick, are you asking me about Venom like right now, or like what are you asking me about specifically? I'm asking you about Venom as he is portrayed in Spider-Man Three. Like I just like what do you what do like, you actually like what do you like about him? Why do you think he's better than William Defoe's Green Goblin? Doc Ock is that Alfred Molina's Doc Ock? I mean, right. Why do you, why is he your even favorite? even I Thomas Hayden Church is Sandman? I, I don't I like, know if his ranking kind of constitutes the characters. I, like, I, I, like think, I think Sandman he's talking about the movies as a Venom whole. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the villain. movies as a whole. I'm talking about well, the no, movies. Well, well, no, Nick, you you just said that you said earlier that Venom made Spider Man Three. Why it was great? You said Venom made the movie great. You said Venom. Oh. I think my thing, the thing I liked about Venom was the more angsty way he was portrayed. The more I guess whiny way he was portrayed. That's what I liked about him. That's what I liked about him. Like the scene of him in the church praying to God that, to kill Peter Parker. That is the most iconic Spider-Man scene of all time, in my opinion. Of all time. 
of all you time. Know, the more the more angsty tone of that movie is what made it good, in my opinion. You know, knowing you, knowing you and your taste in movies, it does make sense. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I have a good uh-oh. taste in movies. That's not even a, that's not even that's not even a roast. Like I'm just being honest. Like I I know your taste in movies kind of well now, and knowing your taste in movies, I could see why Spider-Man Three is your favorite. I could honestly see. It's still my least favorite, and I think it's not good at all. And the first two Spider-Man movies, it's a disrespectful way to end the trilogy, because if you watch the first Spider-Man movie, okay, they retcon in Spider-Man Three. Yeah, what Ben said. But anyway, <laughs> they retcon. Yeah, but, well- <laughs> in Spider-Man 3, they retcon Uncle Ben's killer to be Sandman, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. In the, first, in the first Spider-Man, one of the things that turns Toby to becoming Spider-Man is that he chases down Uncle Ben's killer and he accidentally, accidentally is involved and he dies. He accidentally kills him in a way. And that helps him become the hero he is, and then mm-hmm. and uh, so for them to go in the not the second movie, but for them to go two movies later and to retcon that just to fit their story is disrespectful to the the whole arc of Toby. It's undermining well, cutting the arc. I, well, I will kind of like say that I didn't mind like that that specific part because we mm-hmm. never really saw like Ben like Uncle Ben like get shot and killed. So I can kind of see like. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you on anything else, but just like that one little aspect, just like <laughs> I didn't mind because I, I prefer Sandman over Venom in that movie, but, but it it is a little bit like with how the how the movie ended, how the trilogy ended, but still, like I didn't I didn't mind like the Sandman bits because I prefer I like Sandman way more than Venom in that movie. I, I liked them both. That that combo was beautiful to me. The, the way that they could squeeze in Sandman's origin and then squeeze squeeze in like the symbiote uh, arriving to Earth and finding a host, and it went from uh, Peter to Eddie in one movie. Like that was really that was really well handled. Like even if that was a screw up and not intended by Sam Raimi, that was that was really well handled. Right. I don't yeah. like Harry's Goblin though. Yeah, yeah, wasn't a fan of Harry Goblin either. Nick, it Nick, was cool, Nick. but not. Yeah. Let's say to Nick. Do you have any more? Do you have any more questions for me, Jacob? Uh, I I do not. You can you can freely go because honestly, Nick, I can't look at you right now. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. As the Godfather, I, I as the Godfather, you have my blessing to leave. Let, let, <laughs> Let me fix that real quick for you. There we go. There, that's better. Oh, that's, he is gone. That's better. That's better. There you go. But there you go. Anyway, again, thank you, Jacob, for having me on here. It's yes. Been, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure, and I can't wait for next next week's episode. You guys have a good night. Yes, sir. All you right. too, Nick. Thanks for coming out, bro. <laughs> Man, that guy, Jesus. And you and I need to talk, like seriously, man, a lot. Yeah, man. Spider-Man Three is definitely up there. I, I want to put it above. Uh, well, actually, I ha- I have really don't have a choice as far as entertainment value goes. It's it's top three and it's like number one. But story, I, I'll put it below the the first Spider-Man, and then and two is last. 
<laughs> okay, if I okay. have to, okay, uh, it'll just take a quick second, Jacob. But if I were to rank every Spider-Man movie live action, I would go from the top: No Way Home, Spider-Man Two, Far From Home, uh, Homecoming, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man One. Amazing two and Spider-Man three. That's odd. that's a that's an odd ranking, but okay, yeah. I know. I just you try, put try the amazing, of, you put the Amazing Spider-Man over the first Spider-Man. A little because I liked like I I love I I do love like the the original Spider-Man movie for sure I do, but I liked how like they stuck more to like the roots like he was a kid he was in high school like throughout the entire movie and just like how they, they stuck to the science of it like they more true to the comics like how his webbing like it wasn't like in him like he actually had to make his webbing and just how they stuck they went more like the scientific group because peter parker is first and foremost he's a scientist he he has a passion for science that's how he kind of gets in, into being that helps him become spider-man like it helps him be a better Spider-Man, like his passion for for science, like how he learns and adapts for sure, and just mm-hmm. also like because and also we get we had Gwen Stacy too because Gwen was his first love, like Gwen was the first girl that he like went out with and like he loved. Like a lot of people don't well, before they didn't remember, but now they probably know more. But yeah, like Gwen was his first love until she died, which yeah. Yeah, which I will say they did a really good job of like they did a really good job of like Gwen dying like uh and amazing too. All right. So yeah. well, since we're ranking here, uh Deontay, what's your ranking of the live action? Uh let's see. Oh, so my first three is definitely gonna be the Tom Holland. Well, actually, uh what was the very first Spider-Man? Was it Homecoming? Of out of Tom Holland's, yeah. Yeah, Homecoming. the Tom Holland, yeah. Okay, so I'll start with uh, live action is no way home. Uh, it's going to be number one for me. Uh, number two would be far from home because that Mysterio is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. And that was really, really, really now well after, handled. Because of that. Yeah. So homecoming would be a little bit further down the list. I would say my number three would be, um, I, it, it'd probably be Spider-Man three. <laughs> it, uh, and then, well, actually, no. Let me let me be nice. I, it's it's the first Spider Man, then Spider Man three, and then Spider Man two, and then um, then the Amazing Spider Man, and and then Amazing Spider Man two. Uh, let's see which one was better out of those two. Which one? It's mixed. It depends on on like which one. Which like ones more. did Gwen Stacy die in? Was it two? Two, yeah. okay. So two comes before the the first one. So I, I I'll put it in that order. Okay. 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 All also, right. I will take Spider Man one over Spider Man three. It's not the correct answer, but it's suitable. Yeah, yeah that it, it's it's um, fair enough for me. Ben, Ben, you're listening. You need to have to watch Spider Man two again. Like seriously. My ranking would be. Also, before I rank this, I want to say I love the love for Far From Home. I feel like I'm on, always on an island when I talk about Far From Home. I love Far From Home. And I think a lot of people do not like it, and they put them in the bottom tier, 
MCU I, bottom tier Spider Man, but I, I I love Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. I think he's one of the better MCU villains. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was a great Mysterio. All, he's a great all the all the illusion sequences are gorgeous. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ben was saying and, the exact same thing. And Mysterio, the way like, they incorporate him in the story with the into the MCU because obviously it's not very it's not completely comic accurate of course but like no. the, the way they were able to incorporate him was smart the way they did it I thought yeah absolutely I agree. I agree so with, with my ranking if I had to rank the live action mine is no way home one uh shoot 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 I'm gonna go Spider Man. Far from home. No, I'm gonna go the first. No, I'm gonna go the second Spider Spider Man two. Okay. And then I'm gonna go Spider Man one at three, and then Far from Home, and then, but all those those four right there, all those four, they're very. They're very close together in quality for me. They're very close together, those four. And then, and I, uh, what else I got? Homecoming. Got, yeah. Okay. Homecoming would be there. And the Amazings. And, and then Amazing Spider Man 2, Amazing Spider Man, and then Spider Man 3 is my least favorite. Okay. Sheesh. That's understandable, yeah. And I will always say, like, whenever someone asks me, or like, whenever I ask someone, like, who's their favorite Spider-Man, I will always say that Tobey Maguire plays the best Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield plays the best Spider-Man, Spider-Man. and Tom Holland plays the perfect blend of both. They're all great. They they don't they all are they all, they really all are. Mm-hmm. I, all I just feel great. really bad because a- Andy's villains were did so dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I've, oh man, because they had great actors and they had great, they were had great villains. They just could have done a lot better with them, especially with like Jamie Foxx. But it's a good thing he got that 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 new new like that touch new, at, like in No Way yeah. Home. I was like, who whose idea was this to completely disrespect uh Lizard okay. and, and and Electro like that? Like whose idea? Yeah, with, if if I, I know Deontay has, but if you've anyone here like watching has seen like the footage for Spider Man Two. Like the game, that's what they should have made Lizard look like—a beast, a dinosaur. He just looks. That's what we should have gotten for a Lizard. Yeah, he was terrifying. Amazing Spider-Man Two. I was just saying this earlier to a few people when I that I went and saw across the Spider Verse with. uh, It has some of the best Spider-Man scenes of all time, Mm -hmm. and one of the worst Spider-Man movies. That's how I rate that movie because. The Gwen Stacy death scene is one of the best Spider-Man scenes in any Spider-Man movie of all time. And the scene where Electro is about to electrocute the stairs and it's slow motions when he's shooting his web and it shows his web shooting out that whole slow motion sequence on the stairs in Times Square when everybody's about to touch the rails and he saves everybody. Those two scenes are two of the best Spider-Man scenes in any Spider-Man movie of all. I can agree with that, yeah. Definitely. And the scene uh, where he uh I think yeah, it's where he lands on the building and looks at himself in the reflection. I think that's the second one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, that's with right the black the black one. suit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, that, it's, 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 it's the newer suit or what not the black suit, but like the 
it's his because the second one, the newer suit is uh when he lands on it. Yeah, no, I know what you're thinking, talking about, and also, but and also like the music that uh, 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 music will is like a huge part of films, and like I really liked like the muse, the the tone, like the music from Spider Amazing Spider Man Two, especially like like the music that they made like for Electro, like just like the chilling like like build like the build up of of and the rise of like the music whenever he would be on, and just like. Just killing people. I really like the music from Amazing, amazing too. And we won't talk about Goblin because that was uh, kind of atrocious too. Just, yeah. yeah, they got a great yeah. actor to play him. They just didn't yeah. do yes. him right. Yeah, yeah, no. I preferred Harry's Goblin over Dan, yeah. Dan the Hands Goblin. Right. All right. Uh, so I, now, let's get to Deontay. Your thoughts on Across the Spider Verse because we haven't gotten to you yet. Yeah, <laughs> let, let me go ahead and get that one out the way. Uh, Across the Spider Verse was mind blowing. So yeah, shout out to Blake Hickman over at Comically Inclined for uh, allowing me to see into the Spider Verse like just thirty minutes prior to the movie. Got my mind blown by that. Definitely one of the top uh, animated movies of all time. Uh, and then I went and saw the sequel, and it's just like the fact that. This movie one up the first one is just like whoa. Exactly. Sony had no business making a movie this hard because it's just like the soundtrack for both movies have been back to back bangers, and uh, the, the score in the background just fits every scene so fluidly. And it's just like Miles could be casually swinging around, or he's having like a romantic moment with Gwen, uh, Spider Gwen, and. The, the background music just seems to just fit it. And then, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they put so much, they invested so much time into each individual character's story and like the people that surround them. So they started with Miles and developing his conversation with his mom and dad. Uh, you saw the tension between that when he got grounded. And then you mm-hmm. saw his rapport with his own family when they had that party and how, uh, what do you call it? Continuity. The fact that everybody's just like rest in peace, uh, Aaron, uh, whatever his name is, that played Prowler, and everybody showed up just to honor him. And the way that they handled that was cool. And then they moved on to Gwen's family and why she couldn't even go back to her earth anymore because of her relationship with her dad. It, they put so much care into writing all of that, and it's right. I was really dude. surprised that they opened up with like Gwen and like actually seeing what happens between her and her father. and I, I'm so glad that they did because that just makes me like made me want to like actually care about her way more than I already did. Exactly. And it's just like you you, you want the you want the romance between Miles and Gwen so bad, but they 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 want the romance. They write that they write it so smooth that it's just like uh, I I want you guys to brace yourselves because Miles going to get mad at her in the middle of the movie, and their relationship's going to go. With, with good reason, bit. I I don't blame him. Like, yeah, I was like a little bit like iffy, Matt. Like I was definitely like a little bit pissed at Gwen, but more so at Miguel because he was just an ass. Yeah, he was being All a right. huge dude. So that's like my favorite Spider Man, and that guy in- ended up getting knocked down a few pegs after seeing this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> what would you give it? I would give it an A plus. Okay. 
So I'll give Into the Spider Verse an A, and then Across the Spider Verse A plus. Here's mine. My thoughts on it. Uh, Into the Spider Verse. When I first watched it in theaters, I really liked it, but I wasn't huge on it. I gave it like an A when I watched it, and then when I rewatched it uh, a few years back, I gave it a. It's an A plus for me now, and it's. Uh, Easily, I put it like I put it probably in my top 100 favorite movies of all time, probably, but uh, top 50 even maybe. And then across the Spider Verse, for right now, I'm giving it an A, just because the story is not finished. And if they land beyond the Spider Verse, if they land the plane, like if they they pull it off and land the plane, then the across the Spider Verse will get an A plus. But I feel like. My only issue with the Across the Spider-Verse is one thing, I love the score. The, the score is better in this one than it is in Into the Spider-Verse, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you feel it more. And also, they do less needle drops in this one, if you notice, than Into the Spider-Verse. Like, it has a it has a whole soundtrack by Metro Boomin, but only like yeah. three, three songs are in there. They don't, yeah, play, yeah. they don't incorporate actual music in in this one as they did into the spider verse it's more score in this one which i actually appreciated oh. and uh i think the animation is better in this one i think they they did it just a little bit better because cleaner sleeker it's everything. you feel the gravity you feel the gravity of the characters more too like there's foreground and there's background and just the way they incorporated all the different animation styles and you right. can feel I feel like the fights, you can feel like the the fights, you actually feel the fights. Like, for me, in animation, it's hard for me to get into fights because, like, you know, it's animation, so it's, there's not gravity to it, really. But the way they did the animation in this, and the way they had the characters in the foreground and the background, they were able to add weight and gravity to the fights where you actually felt like, oh, there are punches being thrown. This is, like, this is happening. And the whole... When Miles is escaping from uh, the whole like, Spider Society, I think it yeah. is that whole scene where Miguel's just like endlessly chasing him and will not stop, and, and uh, Miles just keeps on going and like keeps crawling up that thing. That was one of beautiful studies. and uh, Miguel just Spider Man twenty nine nine Oscar Isaac. Perfect casting for the voice of that. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And uh, apparently, I'm not a big animation guy, so yeah, I need to get more into the animation. But yeah, uh, the the Oscar Isaac as Miguel, Spider-Man 299, great, loved it. Uh, even loved where he almost bit a dude's head, basically. Yeah, I love, I, I love that scene before he got caught with the helicopter flash when they shine on. I I love that, and actually, I really love how Miles and Gwen they there's tension there because in the first movie there's not really tension. It's just like all oh, a meet cute type situation. In this there's actually tension in the relationship, and you kind of feel for Miles because he was kind of left alone, and then. He hears, and then Spider Punk's kind of been shacking up with Gwen, and then it's like, He's, yeah, we're, we're Miles, just hanging out with him. We don't know what's going on, like really going on down there. Yeah, and, and Miles doesn't know this at all. So it's just like, True, wait, yeah. you two brushes at his house? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. like the way Miles, I just, I really, I liked Miles more in this one. I think maybe because he's more grown up, so maybe I can relate to him more. And uh, I love, I I love how he, even though he knows it's not the right thing, I love how he goes. He basically takes his destiny into his own hands. Is like, no, I'm not just going to let somebody I love die just because you think it's right. right. Like he's willing to like basically destroy the whole multiverse to save his dad. Like, I mean, who wouldn't mean if he, like, I kind of agree with like what miles is like going for. Like, like screw destiny. Like if, if I know like my father is like, like if I were miles, like if I know my father was like in risk of dying, I would do everything in my power to save him. Like who says like, I, who says I have to let him die? Like who, who, who are you? To say that I, I, I have love to- that commentary on it too. I love, I, I love kind of the self-awareness of it. Like, you know, Spider-Man always has somebody he loves dies. I love how they kind of, they're all, they're poking fun at it while also showing how serious the job is. Yeah. How how vital and important it is to his journey is to every, every Spider-Man's journey, how vital that is. Right. How spread through it is not just with like, not just like like their uncle, but like other loved ones. And like (laughs) how Miles is, uh, <laughs> You're gonna just wind yeah. up for killing her. <laughs> That's a little different, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I the only issue I have with it is when it ended, I felt a little air come out of the balloon. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I was scared the last thirty minutes of it ending. I knew I knew it was going to end on a cliffhanger because I knew it was only part one. But I still yeah. was like, okay, when are they going to end it? I was like, please don't end on something bad. Please don't. And like the way they ended it was good, where you see, you know, he's a, mm-hmm. the, the prowler right. in a different universe. He's facing his his basically he's his evil self, right? But like, I like movies to be complete. So that's why it kind of that's why I give it an A right now is just because I want to see the whole story. And if the whole if I won't like this complaint will be completely erased if they nail the landing with Beyond the Spider Verse. Completely which I can I, which I can't imagine they wouldn't. I mean, like, with how big of a success the first one was and how huge this not, across the Spider Verse is now, I can't see them like it not getting the bag like with Beyond the Spider Verse because yeah. and. Yeah, because they haven't really like shown all their cards. Like we know, like the setup, like save Miles from Earth forty two, save his dad from the spot. But we don't really know too much else. Like we don't know what other spiders, because because we know we're gonna see more spiders. We're bringing back Noir, Ham, Henny, but we don't. For all we know, they could be bringing more spiders. They could be bringing in Madam Web because yeah. she's a huge part of the Spider Verse. So we don't know who all else is gonna be in this movie. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm banking on that to be her be her appearance in like the third film and just cause... like put Miguel in his place. Like please, she will, Madam, please, Madam Webb, whoop this boy. Te- but, teach him a lesson. And also, I uh, another issue I had with the film that uh, I feel it needs to be addressed. I feel like for what they were doing, them knowing it was a two parter. 
I feel like they took a little too much time on the family drama at the beginning because we don't really see that story arc isn't concluded by the end of the film with his whole family. It's still up in the air. And like, mm-hmm. like I said, they're going to, if they touch on it and beyond the spider verse, then well, the, they're definitely going to continue it for sure. Like the, the that's his great. Family that's is the, the, only, the only issue with this movie is if beyond the spider verse does not close the ship, this movie will be hurt by it because they do they leave, won. they leave the conflict between his parents they they because they they spend a lot of the movie on family drama in this one like you see his mom and dad way more in this one than into the spider-verse especially his True. mom his mom especially his mom yeah i felt barely yeah, the first in. one focused on the first one focused more on like the relationship between miles and his dad this one definitely focused a little bit more between him and his mom and if anything the third one will focus on just like his relationship with both of them equally but no, no, like I also and- I also feel that this like into the Spider-Verse it has a great theme, but it's a theme we've seen before. And like being yourself, you know, taking that jump, not being afraid to take that jump. I feel with Across the Spider-Verse, this one had more complex themes and deeper richer themes that you had a more mm-hmm think about and there's morally gray areas here where in some cases you could see miles not as a villain but not as necessarily the greatest hero because of what he's doing and, and you could also, but you could also but you could also flip it on miguel like like he's not a hero but he's also not a villain either because yeah. Yeah. he's trying to say, force his will onto the kid who wants to try and you, save his father you could see spider-man 2099 also being a hero in the same sense because of what mm-hmm. he's it's and I like that morally gray area there. And I like, you know, it lives it up to the audience. And honestly, dang it, you guys are bad influences on me. <laughs> I think I'm going to give this movie an A plus now. The more I'm thinking about there it, you go. I, I like it. Be- I like it better than Into the Spider-Verse. The more I think about it. There you and go. Both are A pluses. And actually, I'll put Across the Spider-Verse in my top 100 of all time now. Because there you go. You guys, because yeah, it's a two-porter, but they're they're gonna if they land the ship, it's gonna be easily the best animated trilogy of all time. I think that's out of the question. Definitely, and, definitely one of the best animated trilogies, and definitely one of the best Marvel trilogies for sure. One and of even the best, though it is, no, I think it'll be one of the best film trilogies of any any film. Not no, just no, I, I, I'm with you on it for sure, and. Yeah. Uh, if they can, if it lands perfectly, which I can see if it does, and even though it is like part of like a two part or like a part of a trilogy, Across the Spider Verse still works on its own, like on its standing on its feet, even with the cliffhanger for sure. Yeah, because they had that brief uh recap at the beginning that could have like I, I low key could have skipped into the Spider Verse, but I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad but you didn't too, man. They, they integrated it so well into the second one, it's just seamlessly. Like, and I love like, seeing Peter B. Parker back. Yeah, fatherhood too. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that like, is some great humor for that. Actually, Peter B. Parker is is my favorite part of Into the Spider Verse. So, seeing him back, and I love seeing him back. He he's probably I love Miles, but Peter B. Parker is my favorite character of the Spider Verse movies, just because. In a sad way, I can kind of relate to him, especially when he's crying in the shower in the first one. Def- he's all depressed. Well, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 like, like, 
you can re He's relate to him. And it's it's so great to see him in Across the Spider-Verse actually see that he got back with Mary Jane and they were, you know, they're happy and he has a kid now. And like he, he what Miles told him, Miles inspired him in the first movie and look what he got because of it. Right. Yeah. And now like and now he's hopefully going to do right by Miles with Gwen and everyone else and find him. Also, I, yeah. I like I like the little like band like Gwen's band, like as she called it, like everyone she got, everyone from the first movie, Spider Punk, India, uh, Spider Bite, like yeah, I definitely like who she all got for like to help her for sure, and it'd be nuts if like it's like oh like would be like a spider war between like Gwen Stacy and Miguel O'Hara and like their factions. That'd be kind of nuts. That'd be that'd be that'd be kind of scary because it's just like man, those there's some killers in in that in that. Uh, well, definitely list, like some but... more lethal ones, but yeah, yeah. Can we talk but, just about um, how amazing seeing Donald Glover as the Prowler was? Dude, oh, I was man. so freaking shocked! Like I made noises that in was that theater. Great. I oh I, I actually I actually made a noise when I saw him. I was like. Oh my God! They're actually because like it's set up in Homecoming because he says he has a nephew named Miles. Right. So like just just for them to just to, I mean that was six years ago now and to finally see him as, I love Donald Glover so to see him as the prowler right, right. Like, that was evidence that fan service is is necessary Definitely, sometimes because like, as our friend Danny will always go on to say like Donald Glover is basically the inspiration for Miles Morales like he, he will definitely explain it to anyone no matter what but no just seeing him as prowler and it makes me want now i just wanted that proud that version of him in the mcu if, if they can somehow pull that off and just like drop uh, donald glover this prowler into the mcu that'd be a that'd be so great just be a great he, setup for he doesn't Spider have to do his stunts or... so he could just put on the cowl and somebody else would just fight spider-man for him right yeah and another Either. thing that I loved about it was the incorporation of the Amazing Spider-Man and Toby's universe. Because I, 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 I did not see that coming whatsoever. Neither did I. I figured they would have, like, I mean, I would have figured they would have used, like, clips or, like, audio, like, maybe from the movies, but still, just, like, seeing, like, Uncle Ben. Like, yeah. Spider-Man, and then seeing Andrew and Dennis Leary from Amazing Spider-Man. Just, that definitely took me like for a loop because like oh wow, Jesus man! I, I wish they would have given us Tom Tom Holland and uh, his Aunt May what? like that 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 would have that would have been icing on the cake. But they that still succeeded. I think if anything, they might be saving like a Tom Holland appearance, if not from footage, maybe Tom Holland actually for for Beyond the Spider Verse because like like I said, they're they're still holding their cards to the chest. And it, since we're used to it, we're two movies deep into this trilogy anyway. So we've gotten all the Easter eggs. Uh, well, we not all the Easter eggs, but as many cameos as our heart can handle. Yeah, but... and it would take it would. It's probably I'm sure if some fans have probably already like figured it out, but still, it would take fans like hours to like distinguish like which spiders, how many spiders are in this movie. And, and that's what adds to this movie too. Is I feel like it's endlessly rewatchable. Definitely, Absolutely. you can. I feel you can like you can watch, watch it back. so many times, and just just to look for the Easter eggs is fun enough. But just, I feel like this one, even over, even though this one is two and a half hours, and the first one's like what an hour and forty something minutes. This one's like it's like two hours hour exactly, 50, close to two hours. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this one's basically 30 minutes longer, but I think this one went by faster, honestly. It, it really oh, did. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like, feel the, like I feel like the pacing of this one was a little bit better than Into the Spider-Verse. I think it went by faster. And I also I love Kingpin as a villain, but I think Absolutely. I think the villain it being kind of Spider-Man 299, but Spot being the villain, I liked that better in this movie because I also liked how they went against type because they make him a joke in the very beginning. They make him a yeah. joke. Right, yeah, because he kind of like he is one of the dorkiest. He kind of is a joke. Yeah, yeah. he's like and, the dorkiest villain in Spider-Man's like, Rose. They're kind of poking. They're kind of making it self-aware. Like, hey, we know this is dumb, but then at but then at the same time, you know, you think it's just going to be a joke, and like, if you don't know anything going into the movie, because I didn't know anything about Spot before this movie, I didn't know anything in the comics. Hardly anyone does. So yeah, like, he, when I watched it, and they made like a joke about it, and then they actually like all of a sudden it just switched and it turned to like actually being a scary villain where you're like oh my god he's gonna do something and like you even you even fear for peter b parker in that one scene when you see i think it's something flashes outside his window and he looks out the window and i and it's gwen but for right. a moment you, I think it was, you think it's spot you okay it's i can spot. see that that's yeah because he can appear anywhere yeah okay i can see that for sure but yeah uh i definitely because Lord and Miller, the the directors of the first movie, and uh, who are so executive producers, they wanted to do Spot as a villain. Like they loved the Spot, like, and they wanted to make him, like, not a joke. They wanted, and they did a really great job with the Spot. But not only do I love the Spot and Spider Man twenty nine nine, but I also really like the idea of like Aaron Davis as Earth forty two's Kingpin, in a sense, as well as like their version of Miles as the Prowler. And apparently, I don't I don't know who, but it's not Shamik Moore voicing that Miles Morales. I don't know who, but I, you would have to look it up. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was going to be Shamik Moore doing both versions, but no. Yeah, I honestly love their choices in villains, like being able to like have like their own iteration of King Wilson Fisk in one movie, and then in the second, you follow up with like two or three different Prowlers, and then you have. Viv, uh, Doc, Doc Ock, and well, I think she she got arrested in the first one, but in the second one, uh, to bring in like a multiverse powered villain, like he you, he can travel anywhere in the Spider Verse that he wants, and uh, he tells he tells Miles specifically, "I'm your nemesis," and then this dude, at some point in the future, later on in the movie. He's like, yo, I'm I'm about to take everything from you like you took everything from me. And it's like, yo, he just threatened to murder Miles' family and friends. And if, that's if when it gets out. personal. Yeah, if he finds out where they are, it gets personal. I, I know he remembers what earth he came from, but I don't know how long it'll take for him to get back to that earth because Miles is hemmed up right now. If Spot were to do something right now, he totally could and no one would be there to stop him. Right, yeah, that's it. Well, maybe Gwen will maybe have a solution to that, possibly, so that they can find the spot. But still, like, we just don't know. But man, man, oh man, I'm just I think what's going to happen in part three is somebody's going to rescue Miles while Gwen and the crew are protecting like the people on Miles's earth from spot. Like, they'll they'll fight spot until Miles shows up and then Miles saves the day, uh, right? They get into a bind, yeah. I think it might be maybe Gwen or Peter B. Parker that might maybe find him on 3042 and just get him out of Dodge. But 
part of me thinks that either they he will deal with, you know, fight and finish off like Prowl, their like his evil twin and Aaron either on on forty two, or they'll somehow find a way like to travel through the dimensions and follow him and just like cause as much chaos. Yeah, it, it's so many different ways you could go with that because it's just like if nobody does come for Miles, you could bring in the dad. I actually know the dad in that universe is dead. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, or you could also like you could also implant that version of Miles on his original Earth. Yeah, they could do that too. Yeah, there, there's so many different ways because ultimately, if Spot did destroy the original Earth that he came from, that that could that could have give Miles no home, and Miles have to stumble like maybe on earth 616 and then that's when miles be- makes himself at home at <laughs> 616 well no 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 remember it's apparently it's like in spider-verse terms it's earth 199999 yeah th- yeah that's true <laughs> they, they, their numbering system is crazy well, I, I, I think it's like different because from marvel like mcu like marvel terms and or and like spider terms it's weird yeah, I, I I forgot all about that, but I, I honestly love the way they handled it, and there's so many ways you could go with it uh, going into the third movie. But definitely another yeah. thing about this film that I think that isn't talked about enough that should be is the first one. While I feel like I'm dunking on the first one a lot, I'm not. I'm just trying to use it as a comparison because I, I, again, I, first one's still an A plus, but. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one is definitely more kid-friendly than this one. This one has more adult themes in it, and I feel like it's more... More darker, like it's, more morally it's, dar- it's darker, there's more of a threat, there's more There's more tension. You actually feel like there's more stakes in this one, and I feel like Agreed. while it's still, like you can still take a kid and see it, it's perfectly fine, they'll still love it. Be just for all the Spider Man. Just, I mean, if I was if I was a little six year old kid seeing all the Spider Man, my mind would be blown. But like, it was nice to have a more adult feeling to this one than the first because the first one definitely does feel like it's a little towards the kid side, and this one is a little towards the adult side, and I like that. Right. Well, if anything, they they might have also had in mind because the first one came out in two thousand eighteen, and it's been like four and a half years now since since then so the the kids who watched it back then like maybe 10 like 9 like they've grown up like 14 15 however old and maybe they'll matured a little bit more like maybe either still see it as, as the in the eyes of the kid or like be like oh that's interesting i didn't this is a lot this is more darker than i thought and like make them think a little bit make them like ponder like what's right and what's wrong because yeah, appreciated more, the maturity of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The maturity for sure. Because yeah, when you look at Miles being 15, like there are some kids <laughs> that are like sneaking up on his age that can sit in the theater and like relate to him. It's just like Definitely. okay, I, I now we're having girl problems and now and, and I can't parents, trust the spider society. I've got issues at home with my got family. A, I've exactly. got problems balancing work life and spider life and schoolwork. And, and now I got to choose between billions of lives and my dad. Or my dad. Yeah. So it it it, it, it it's relatable enough it's for to them anyone. to get point across. Yeah. So I I, I think that it introduces a lot of mature elements uh, for That's Miles right. as a character, and then the other characters around him. So it, it, it's it, the movie. You could you could see the growth in in this mm-hmm. story. 
Every character. And you wouldn't necessarily have to watch the first one in order to get get a sense of like what's going on. It would probably be better if you did, but I rec- I would recommend it. But still, like if you you would you could watch either one alone or not, but definitely watch them together if you had my, my opinion. Absolutely. But yeah, that that that's 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 all that's all I had for. Uh, I think we covered about it there. all. Yeah. In the last <laughs> hour and a half, forty. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get we we hit the two two fifteen mark, so not not. Yeah, too we kind of got sidetracked with ourselves and also just Nick just being in hot Nick. take city. <laughs> hot oh, take Lord. Nick. That's gonna be yeah. new, new nickname. Hot take Nick. Hot take Nick. That's perfect for him. The hot takes. We're just reaching the surface of those hot takes, let me tell you. Oh, Oh, Lord. I'm not sure how much more I can take. And we got so many summer movies left to go. I know. We got got one this next Friday that I'm sure that that you'll be covering next week. Yeah, we get we got Transformers that Jacob's probably not going to watch, so we'll cover that in episode six this month. Uh, and then there's Indiana Jones and Elementals that and we might see Jacob again for, and the Flash. Yeah, you'll see me for the Flash differently. I uh, yeah. I as the Flash has always been one of my favorite DC characters, Absolutely. superheroes in general, and like. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're finally getting a Flash movie, and I'm, you know, I'm about to be 25 now, and we're finally, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like, and, I'm just, I just wish the whole Ezra, Ezra Miller stuff didn't happen. That's the only sad part is I am so excited for this movie, but I'm also just like, man, that guy's a piece of shit. Like, sorry. Well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's like going into like going to see Aquaman two, like or like rewatching Aquaman. I'm so happy that Aquaman Jason Momoa is getting this hype that he's doing this. I just do not want to watch Amber Heard or like anything yeah. related to her. Yeah, and she was such like a great Mara too. I just she was. I liked her as Mara, and then fumbled the bag. She literally yeah. shit on Johnny Depp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fumble the freaking bag. Like, come on, I girl. I am excited. I'm, you know, everybody's excited for Michael Keaton's Batman, and you guys might be too. But I didn't really grow up with Michael Keaton's Batman, so I'm not. Well, that's understandable. Like you said, you're 25, so you probably yeah. missed that. He's not really missed. my he, my Batman's Christian Bale. You know, he's not. Yeah. Of course, he's he, Michael Keaton. So, like, I'm not really excited to see Michael Keaton because I, I. I mean, I watched Batman Returns a lot as a kid. I love that one, but I just loved it because of Danny DeVito's Penguin, honestly. Understandably. Yeah. Batman Returns is one of my favorites, too. I never really cared for... Like, I like Michael Keaton's Batman, but it's never been, like, where I'm like, whoa. And, like, even in the first one, I I watched it for, like, the Prince music, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Michael Keaton's Batman is kind of an afterthought where I feel like... I'm more excited, honestly, for Ben Affleck's Batman. Really? Okay. No, 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 no. This is where me and Beyonce differ. I actually (laughs) like Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought he did a really. I thought he's done a really good job as Batman and Bruce Wayne. They they, it's another Henry Cavill situation in my mind. I feel like they wasted him. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, they were originally before the Batman was the Batman with Robert Pattinson. He was supposed to have his own movie, Mm -hmm. and he and it just didn't happen. He was gonna try and write it and direct it. 
and produce it. I felt like he maybe tried to take on a little bit much, but still, like, I would have loved to see, like, and it was going to be like a Batman versus Deathstroke movie. I was wanting to see that happen. I still want to, but I know we're never going to get it. My yeah. only issue with Ben Affleck's Batman, and this is a Zack Snyder issue more than it is a Ben Affleck's issue, is I don't like how brazen he is with the killing. Because that complete, I I get the point because he is an older, more uh, depressed, you know, older, more uh, dour Batman. But I feel like they could have went about that a different way than what they did in the DCEU where in Batman v Superman, he's just killing, blowing up people, just killing people all the time. And I'm just like, well, it's a strange timeline that they they picked. Well, my mind will always see like unless I see a body, then he because like the dark because like they're, they 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 base his Batman basically off the Dark Knight Returns. Killing and even joke. The, mm-hmm. even yeah, in the, yeah, and the Killing Joke. And but even in the Dark Knight Returns, he didn't kill anyone. Yeah, he didn't kill anyone. He was he was more brutal to them, but he never killed them. So yes. like I never I never got why and people use that as an excuse as to why they kill. They're like, oh, they're doing the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns, and that's why. That's why he's killing people. But I'm like, if you watch the Dark Knight, like if you, because I mean they have the movie and you can read the, you know, graphic novel too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill anybody. He's just more brutal. He's just an older, more, you know, sour Batman. And like they should have done that. And I feel like Zack Snyder didn't really understand the character of Batman. And if you watch, if you, this is something I've always wanted to say. If you watch, Zack Snyder's always been, and he's he's even admitted this. He's always been a Superman guy first. So really, mm-hmm. he, in, in his yeah. universe, he used Batman as a way to service Superman, like as a way to make Superman look better. I feel like he used Batman as like because you know Superman's the reason why Batman becomes good again. He you know he sees the good in the world after Superman dies, and like I feel like that's why I'm not a like all these Snyder fans. I'm just not a Snyder fan because he he did not do Batman justice. It was more about Superman. I can actually see that. Yeah, no, I, I can see like how he how he would use like Batman to lift up Superman. But no, I mean like even with all of that, I'm still like maybe not Zack Snyder. For, I mean, I do like Snack Snyder as a director, but not with everything. Like you said, he did better with Man of Steel than he did Batman v Superman for sure. But absolutely. Uh, but no, I'm definitely like a, still like a huge fan of like the Snyderverse, like all like all most if not all the movies like from the last like decade for sure. And definitely. Yeah, when you watch the Flash trailers, it's just like, man, this is going to be a Batman movie with a Barry Allen appearance. So Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, and which, you know what? I'm fine with I love Batman. So, I mean, there you right. go. There I, you I go. love Batman, too, but I've been dying. I'm 32 years old and I'm like, man, come on. Yeah. Give me Barry Allen in a, a standalone film just once. It's been, That's all he, just, for. he just finished the series. Give him his movie. Because yeah. like. I don't. I don't know what you guys think of the the CW series is trash. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I, mean, I will say. I will say it. It just ended. I will say like, it kind of like uh, got a little bit like wear and tear. I like, literally made end. it. To, I made it to season two, and then I was like, I cannot watch this anymore. This is trash. Really? Damn. Well, no. Like yeah. in the beginning, it was really great. I mean, overall, I still think it's like a really good, really great show. Definitely one of my favorites. But yeah. uh, in the beginning, it was definitely better. Like season one, 
one of the best. Season two, I thought it was a great follow-up. Season three, and I thought I liked season four better than I did season three, for sure. And I liked season five, and season six, I definitely loved, especially like when they did blood work, like in the, the beginning. Five was Thinker, right? No, four was Thinker. Okay, that's all. Right. I dropped in, off at four. Yeah, I dropped four off was at Thinker, two. and they and they brought in Elongated Man, which is why Elongated Man helped me, lo- made me love love it even more that season particularly. Yeah, but, Ralph uh, Disney killed it, man. I, I know, and I just hated that that they fired his actor, understandably, yeah. but still, but man. But Most DC fans, they dropped off Flash, uh, the CW series, around maybe season two or three. I dropped off at four for sure, but I stopped. Grant I killed it nonetheless. I haven't watched The Flash, I think, since the last season, since season eight. If anything, oh. if anything, I'll probably like. I was, I was really, I was originally going to like binge watch the whole series before season nine premiered, but now that the series is over and everything's on Netflix. I'll probably just binge watch the entire series just to get I up. Sum up. I can sum up the whole series for you guys right here. Here's the whole series of the flash CW series. This is Jacob Stone's perspectives interpretation of the whole series of the flash right here. Of television series. Only like it's, to protect you. <laughs> it's it's here. It is. I'm I, it's I'm in love with my, I'm in love with my creepy kind of sister and I'm not fast enough. I'm not fast. Every episode is I'm not fast enough. He gets upset. Somebody has to tell him he's fast. I'm like, you're the flash, bro. You're fast enough. Like every, that's what, that's what killed me. That's why I quit it. Season, season two, it was every episode. I swear he gets upset and goes, I'm not fast enough. I'm not, fa-. that's all the whole show is. I'm not fast enough. And then it's Iris or, his weird little computer buddy that's like, oh, come on, you can do it. And I'm just like, Cisco is not weird. He's freaking awesome. Come and on. No. Yeah. No. And, and, and yeah. Danny's I mean, the exact they, same they, they thing. Were raised, and they were raised together, but she was like his adopted sister. And like, I don't think he really ever saw her like as a sister. It's like, still ever. weird, man. I mean, a little, but also like, where's he going to go? Like, who's going to take him? Like, they just, I mean, yeah. And, yeah, that I was do kind of see like how like change. How, I do kind of see like how whiny he he can be like, but still like like Not there are times speed. where he yeah, I mean I don't know like more speedsters, new types of speedsters. Yeah, but Grant was a good Barry. He was Grant was uh, a great Flash. He's a great Barry Allen. Yeah, I honestly don't like the twits that they put on Iris and Wally. It's just like, man, if you're gonna give us a completely different Iris and Wally. Don't even have him related to Barry. Or I, I know uh, his dad went to jail for murdering his mom, but they could have found a different foster situation. In the, on that note, like I don't know, they just, well, they just made it like fam, fam, whole, wholesome family, I guess. And I mean, and they and yeah, they did. They just took on the new, the new version of Wally, where he's like. The, sister, the brother to Iris West from the comics, and, and then, and which was good. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind a, a black speedster in in being in uh, comic book adaptations. It's just that make sure the story is cohesive and it and it'll last long, and mm-hmm. you don't have to find contradictions later on or even look for them. Yeah, it also didn't help that like Keenan Lonsdale he only stayed on like full time for like. Like two, 
two and a half seasons. Yeah, and Reverse Flash made several different appearances, which is my favorite, one of my favorite DC villains of all time. But which Tom Cavanaugh and Matt Letcher, both versions of Reverse Flash, killed it. Killed it. And no I, I would. If I want to see in this reverse, movie, if I want to see the Reverse Flash, I'll just watch Flashpoint Paradox. That's my. I, that is peak reverse I, flash right I, now. I can I can I can agree with that. Yeah, he that was a great reverse flash for sure. Yeah, they um, take the guy who played uh, Homelander in The Boys and made him Anthony Starr. Yeah, yeah. If they were to do reverse flash in the films, he would make a great re- reverse flash. Yeah, he would. Just him versus Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. It, it would have been which, a great clash. Which Psycho is more is faster. Homelander or Ezra Miller? Yeah, literally. And that's what sucks because, like, even in Justice League, I never liked Ezra Miller. The only, the only thing is, the only Snyder thing that I I really love is the Snyder cut. That's the only thing I really love about the the, out of all his his Justice League. Well, of course, reasonably, like after like his daughter, like he reasonably, understandably, like left. Which, yeah. But definitely, like his version, his full version of Justice League was much better than it's, what Joss Whedon ever, the, has the ever Snyder done. The Snyder cut is the Snyder cut is easily the best of that whole DCEU for me. Easily the best. Like right. it's close. Agreed. And it actually made me like I hated Ezra Miller's Flash in the Justice League movie. He just did weird eye movements and he just tried to make jokes all the time. And I was just like, this is not the Flash. But like That's what okay. they what they did with him in the Snyder cut was a. It, that's arguably, it's arguably one of the best comic book movie scenes of all time when he's reversing time by going, going fast back and, and like doing everybody a much better seeing, job of it yes you're, you're seeing you're seeing like superman's flesh come back and it's like he literally saves everybody and like yes. it, made, it made me it made me like ezra miller i was like okay i can see ezra miller as like ezra ezra miller is actually really good in the snyder cut as the flash i think they, yeah. they did a better job for everyone in the side yeah. for sure, but yes, I Ezra Miller is a good flash, though I prefer Grant Gustin myself. But yeah, I between don't... Wally West and Barry Allen, they both have had to mess with time to, to save the world, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, a couple like, of occasions has even cost them their lives. I mm-hmm. love him in the Snyder Cut, Ezra Miller, but like I wish this movie had a different flash coming up. It's kind of a downer. Like I'm going into it kind of a downer because i'm just like man i really have been wanting a flash movie for so long and this is the character this is the actor we get for the flash yeah i'm I'm so terrible on that i'm going just like as a fan of of the comics as a fan of the flash i'm not going he wasn't casted well like even before all the controversy he he still wasn't a good casting even before no absolutely not I don't see why they picked him for the Flash. They could have picked so many other people. There's so many actors that could make a good Flash, and That's honestly, I, I'm not on board with Grant Gustin coming into the movies. I think like no. CW said, held on to him for so long that everybody should just let him go and do something else in in film. Like I don't think he has the acting chops to be in a movie either. That's just me. I think he's more set for TV show acting because like. His when he gets emotional, it's bad. 
It's yeah. bad. When he's crying, it's bad. And the Flash, I'm not fast enough. Like, I just... <laughs> he'll make a good side character in one of these movies and yeah, just like, be like, hey, cameo. Make him, a, make him a background character, you know? <laughs> right. Like, he'll, he'll make an awesome cameo that we would not see coming. That, oh, boy. I, I always try well, to I think... Mean, I mean, as Miller did appear in, like, Crisis on Infinite Earth, so maybe we'll see Grant Gustin in The Flash. You know who I would... You know who I used to think would be a really good Flash... But then I don't know, Ansel Elgort, Baby Driver. Oh, Baby Driver. Oh, okay. I I know who you're talking about. I've never seen Baby Driver, but I do know who you're talking about. Him, I think he would be a really good Flash. But like, oh. I, it's just like one of those things where it's like, man, they just really just did not cast the Flash well. They didn't care about Barry Allen. You see, you can tell by just looking yeah. at the Flash movie trailers. It's just like, why aren't we getting more Flash activity over Batman activities? Yeah, it's like, and you let's bring care. in, by the way, let's bring in Supergirl. Let's bring in Michael, let's bring Michael Shannon back as General Zod. I'm focus on focus on those guys. But let's, let's revive Zack Snyder again with, with the Flash and put him to the side and just bring everyone else back. Though I am really excited to see Supergirl like and this version because because from it looks like Sasha Cal is going to do a is going to do a great job as Supergirl and and I'm just really I don't know why I can't it's just really I'm really excited and uh, to see her as Supergirl and just definitely because I think since the show like. And I know the show wasn't like everyone's like favorite for sure, but Melissa Benoist did a great job, and I've been a Supergirl fan ever since. And now I'm just really excited to see more Supergirl, and hopefully she'll keep playing Supergirl. Yeah, she she looks exactly like a comic book version of Supergirl, that's known as Mia Kent. I think it's like a either adoptive daughter or adopted sister uh, in the Kent family. And uh, that's who she physically resembles. But in the movie, she's playing Kara L, which is uh, Cal oh, L's cousin. Yeah. So it's just like, man, I, honestly, they were a little bit reckless with that casting. But since she's so fine and nobody cares, we'll let us. We'll let us. Well, well, yeah. I mean, they could have found they could have found someone who was like an actual blonde, or they could have dyed her hair blonde. But no, I actually like the look that they went with this, this short, dark hair, and just yeah. I like the way yeah. that they have her look. And I saw an interview with Michael Shannon, and they said uh, he basically only showed up for a few weeks, and they just did a bunch of green screen work for his character. So that kind of scares me that mm -hmm. they only used him. They only shot for a few weeks with him, and it was all green screen work. Like that. Like he said, he didn't work out or anything for the role. That they just kind of really? oh, used wow. a lot of effects. I saw he did a recent interview with a uh, Vanity Fair where he said that that. It, like the man of steel, he actually like went to the gym and worked out and like it was right. months and months of training and being on set. Well, apparently for this movie, he said he got a call and he, he asked for Zack Snyder's blessing before he accepted it. And Zack Snyder gave him the blessing and he said he was there for only a couple of weeks and he was mainly on just on the studio lot. And they just did a lot. Of, it was a lot of a special effects. He didn't get in shape or anything. So that kind of scares me. Yeah, that yeah. kind of works. Though I do like, I understand and appreciate the fact that he actually went to like Zack Snyder and be like, like, like to ask for his blessing to like to, to play Zod one more time after everything that happened. So I, I do appreciate that for sure. 
And some yeah. of the early reviews are already out. And I think the Rotten Tomatoes score is out too. It's 72% uh, right now. 72%. Really? And I've heard, IGN heard, gave heard it like, a seven. Because we've heard like people like claim that this is possibly like one of the best films, one of the best DC films, one of the best superhero films. Tom Cruise and, came out and said it was one of the best films he's ever seen. Right. Yeah. And Tom and, Cruise. And even Henry, even Henry, Henry Cavill, like he saw it and like he loved it. He loved the flash. So J- James loved it. Uh yeah, a couple a couple people really enjoyed it, but IGN still gave it a seven compared to across the Spider-Verse, which ended up getting like a eight and a half or a nine. Green Ray gave could... it a two out of five. Yeah. Ooh. Hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. I'm going to go in with nothing to judge or like no, no expectations, but I'm going in with very low expectations. Me too. I'm going in with very, very low expectations. Honestly. Yeah, because I, I, I am probably not going to be pleased with how they treated Barry in this film, but I, I got to get through it somehow. So we will get through excited. it together. I get a little bit more Ben Affleck Batman. That's what I'm excited for. Right, right. And what I, I'm a little bit worried because Ben has said that he's only he's only in like five, six minutes of the film, and I just yeah. want him to be in more of it. Yes. And he's yes. even said that, dude, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Why do you hate Ben so much, man? He is just know. not he is not Bruce Wayne by he's any a good, He's a any good means. he's a good Bruce Wayne and a good Batman. He's a good, he's he a bat- is I think he, he, he pulls off Bruce Wayne and Batman pretty good. He I does. think he's, and he, I, I think kind he's of more, he's kind I, of Batman. It's more and than he even, it's, and it's he even said like in interviews that he's even said in like interviews like when he did the flash that 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 was when he really found the niche like when he found his his Batman when he figured it out and now it's like no don't yeah. stop playing him no. yes stop playing him no. I'm done with Ben get no, give me Patterson Bale or Keaton again unless, unless they want to have him like want to have Ben have like his own Damian Wayne for the Brave and the Bold, which I wouldn't hate. Like, please, but uh, I'm just... Maybe uh, Damian will steal the show from him. That's what I'm hoping, because <laughs> I don't need him in <laughs> You just have a vendetta against Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm-hmm. He, he has a vendetta against Ben Affleck. He has a vendetta against Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. He's got a vendetta. He's got a list. I, He's got a list. I, can see, I can see Dwayne Johnson. The man plays the same guy in every movie. Every it's Dwayne Johnson in every yeah. movie, basically. It's his like, Black on. Adam is not Black Adam. He's it's a Black Adam. It's Dwayne Johnson with lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we got it all. We got it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I'm I'm excited for this new Batman movie in the next couple of weeks. So it... <laughs> <laughs> that'll oh, be my. the next. That'll be probably the next topic we talk about. In the next show is the Flash because this week I don't. See anything coming out? Also, I will be seeing <laughs> that same. I will be seeing the blackening as well. Oh, that looks <laughs> that looks hilarious. I, I've, I look, I've seen a little bit of like of that. It does look like really really funny. It, it, it's a horror comedy, and I just I love horror. It's, it's comedy. a horror black comedy. Where is it at? Uh, the blackening. Is it in theaters? No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. When does it come out? I think that's what he meant. It comes out the same weekend as The Flash. Oh, okay. Same weekend. That's probably why we haven't really heard too much about it. But yeah, it kind of reminds me of like when they did like uh, uh, versions of like Haunted House with like Marlon Wayans or like uh, there's another one that he did. Like I can't remember. Like 
think he did a take on Fifty Shades of Grey too. Oh my god! Yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, he did a Fifty Shades of Black, is what it's called. Oh god! Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, wait, wait, is Marlon Wayans in this? No, it's not. It's a. Oh, okay. I want to know who. I forgot who. There, it's some name that's done previous work that's done it. That's they're really good directors. I forgot who they are though. But uh, yeah, the Blackening and the Flash will be my next two reviews for sure, because Definitely. I'm I'm excited for. I mean, I I'm not excited for the Flash, but I am. Say, I I mean, little kid Jacob wants to see it so bad, so I'm gonna go see it. <laughs> but Jacob. like. Yeah, there's a little kid inside of me that's just like, you got to see the Flash. You've been waiting 24, 25 years for this. Come on, damn straight you have. So there's three have. more movies well, too. Uh, are you going to go see Indiana Jones, Transformers, Elements? I will Elementals? see. I will definitely see Indiana Jones. I've been a lifelong Indiana Jones fan since I was a kid. Definitely hype for that one. And uh, Elementals, I will try to see. I love Pixar, and it actually looks pretty decent. So I will try to try to get elementals in there for sure the only one this month that i like I, i'm probably gonna see all the big ones this month for sure and some but like not transformers see, not transformers no i can't yeah. do it i checked just out. not a fan i am not a fan i watched the okay i watched the first one when it came out loved it it was my favorite movie ever i had the dvd and i watched it probably over 100 times i mm-hmm. that was my favorite movie of all time for the longest and then I watched the second one, and then the second one I was like, I'm done. Like, no, thank you. And then I they do get out. a little bit out of hand. And also, Michael Bay, he kept directing them for like five forever. But it does help that, like, he's not doing them anymore. I mean, like, he's he isn't. He's not directing them. Travis Knight directed Bumblebee, which was stellar. That's one I would recommend you watch because that's probably my favorite Transformers movie. And we have a new director. I can't remember what who it is, but. Rise of the Beast looks like it's going to be really, really good. I mean, it yeah. looks interesting. I like, like, I like, uh, like you know, giant creatures. So, I mean, that's cool. But like, I'll I'll let you guys handle that one because yeah, definitely. Not- well, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I I'm definitely going to be watching Transformers: Rise of the Beast probably with like Blake and Dane, hopefully Deontay, but yeah, uh, as well as the Flash with all of us, the SNN and comically inclined, and then the week the weekend after May 24th, you can catch. Me, Deontay, Will, and possibly someone else, a guest or someone. Um, yeah, probably, it might be Tommy if he comes. Definitely, but you yeah. can catch all of us like on our next episode, episode six, for our our recap, our takes on the Flash, on our takes on Spider Man, as well as the Transformers and what's what's next to come, for sure. Absolutely. So Jay's got his hands full for the month of June. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busy for sure, and I'm gonna have. Like I said, I don't have all the big headliners besides Transformers, and then I'm gonna have little, little side movies, indie type, smaller mm-hmm. movies that I'll talk about in there too. Like with the Flash, like I did today with like the Boogeyman before Across the Spider Verse, and next time I'll talk the Blackening with the Flash. Nice, you you already got the formula down. He's got it down. Because that's what we that's what we did originally on uh, the, our main podcast is we review like two TV shows and a movie or two movies and a TV show. It's, it just depends on what's out. Yeah, three topics is usually more than enough to cover. Yeah, we say that as we're heading to forty now. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to close us out, Jake Godfather? Yes. Uh, this is, you know, you guys, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, subscribe to YouTube, like on Facebook, SNN, Saturday Night Nerds. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a bunch of movies coming. I mean, you'll see the next movie that will be covered by us will be Transformers. It'll be Deontay and Cameron and probably some others. And then you'll see me back again with The Flash and The Blackening in a week and a half. And then, yeah, you'll see me, you'll see me a lot this June on movies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just have a good night, everybody. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. That's that concludes episode two, Jacob's Films Perspectives. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. And make sure you like, subscribe, follow Jacob's Films Perspective on IG. And then uh, you want to catch his shows. Uh, they're on every streaming platform except for Apple Podcasts at the moment. But that will be updated soon, too. And then if you want to see like the these live streams, you can go to um, the Saturday Night Nerds Network YouTube channel. And he has his own playlist just for Jacob's film perspective that you can watch and catch up on his, his old reviews. Last thing I got to say, go see, fuck, go see Drive. <laughs> I will get that down eventually, but go see Drive, Drive that one. Yeah, there we go. Go see Drive. Go watch it. Go see Drive. Absolutely. All right. Peace out, y'all. Peace out. And...